listening to the Thundercling Podcast. <laughs> Just rippling abs. How are we going to get fucking sponsored by these guys if we can't even get the name right? Did you say you're doing wrestling moves? Oh god, I'm bleeding. Jason Kale's walking around on stilts. It's fucked up. And I'm stoned, and you're listening Whoa. to the Thundercling. Whoa, no, 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 no. Pod. Dave, we're, Pod. we are recording an, an intro right now. What are you talking about? You're stoned. I am suffering from being stoned. <laughs> I, I fucking, I don't know what to Is say. Is this because of your toothache? The reason why we couldn't record on Tuesday and why we're Listen. recording Thursday night so that it comes Listen. out Friday? I'd like to apologize that this is the latest we've ever had a Thundercling podcast come out. All right, li- all right, listeners, check this out. Tuesday night, you know, I'm expecting to record. Dave calls me up. Yeah. And he's on the phone. He's like, Feeny. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I've broken 18 bones in my life, my 45 years of living. I've seen some shit, Feeny, <laughs> but I've never had this much pain in my life. That's true. Uh, so we couldn't uh, record. <laughs> all right, listen. Here's the story. Can I give a little bit of backstory? Yes, yes, yes. A yes, little yes. bit of explanation. Yes, please. I'm fucking 45 years old, dude. My whole life, never had any dental work done. Never had a fucking cavity. I mean, the chiclets, the chiclets are not the prettiest. No, no, no. But no. they're powerful. They're strong. Yeah, I've seen them. They have strength. I've seen you drink Mountain Dew. You fucking right. That might be a problem. <laughs> anyway, so when I was 35... I was like, fucking, I'm, I don't need the dentist anymore. Mm-hmm. I have evolved yeah. past the need for dental care. And I, but I have good oral hygiene. I brush like four to six times a week. <laughs> I fucking take care of my teeth. That's not bad. I mean, That's not too I bad, mean, it's right? It's not every day, but. Well, I, I mean. I'm no saint. I am a pretty busy guy. <laughs> Spend all my time brushing my teeth. Anyway. In my whole life, I had made fun of people who said like, oh my God, I have a fucking toothache. And I was always like, you are such a sissy. Now, it turns out that dental pain <laughs> is quite <laughs> excruciating. Um, so I went to the dentist yeah. in an emergency mm-hmm. and explained to the dentist through tears of embarrassment, shame, yeah, shame. and humiliation. Shame. Um, and it turns out that I may have needed to get my wisdom teeth out mm, 25 years ago. That's like when I was born. My, that makes me feel bad. <laughs> and my top left wisdom tooth has exploded. Oof. It broke. Shattered. And I have to get it out. Yeah. And I also wow. have a, I have three cavities. Oh, my God. Dave, well, the moral of the story, guys, is just... Don't be Dave. Go to the go to, go the, to the fucking dentist. What are you afraid of? Yeah. Don't be like me. Don't yeah, be too proud. Too proud. You got cocky, dude. I did get cocky. I got super cocky, and now I'm getting fucking karate chopped in the. You ever read Call the, You ever read Call the Wild Dog? I have. Well, hubris. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. <laughs> All I know is, it, and I'm on. So I I am on uh, a painkiller yeah. right now because the pain is literally yeah. crippling Your pupils are the size of dimes i can there's like i'm They're seeing cr- why are you crying i feel yeah, like my cross-eyed. eyes are a bee and i'm seeing like 15 feeties like floating and dancing okay. around stay with me stay, stay like, with i'm me. here right. i'm here bro okay. well I'm you know bro. to the one thing that cheered me up that night you know after 
being bummed out. I'm sorry. Looking forward to recording some intro. I'm sorry. Was laying in my bed. It's dark. The lights aren't on. Lights aren't on. I'm so tired. just your phone is like illuminating yeah, the your phone face. Is illuminating my face. I'm all holding right. it close to my body. Yeah. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And all of a sudden, I see oh. these two glorious oh. cheeks. Cheeks. Into view. Correct. Like on your face? No, 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 no. Oh. Down south. The cheeks of one Alex... Margaret, Margaret Honnold. Alex Margaret Honnold. Yeah, we're I'm not sure that. that's his middle name, I'm but I did sure. hear I'm a rumor. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> he was in the ESPN body issue, man. Yeah. Um, very tastefully done photos. Extremely tasteful. Uh, he's quite a chiseled fellow, it yeah, turns oh out. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jeez, Louise, man. I take off my shirt all the time if I look if like I, that. Yeah, dude. You could reflect You could reflect the sun on your abs. They're so shiny. Oh, that'd be hot be super hot yeah I mean, we're actually speaking of which we're both shirtless because dave's house is freaking hot balls yeah my belly i find it looks like pancake batter yeah it's kind of lumpy and stresses me out looking at you is like seeing down my future fucking you should be so <laughs> lucky you cocky little bastard <laughs> and uh he, he, you know you know if you could see this you you would see that Feedy was sneering at me yeah. when he said that like oh yeah, god my yeah. fucking future sucks bro there was some controversy about it too. Like climbers Correct. are all up in arms, like oh fucking, you naked in a magazine. He's not the first. No, he's not the first. Chris Sharma, Daya, Daya, Daya Ojeda. Yeah, yeah, I see. But <laughs> he's the most recent and most famous. But we have to talk a little bit about the weird controversy that happened with the whole. And by controversy, I mean it's like what Instagram drama. But yeah, James Lucas, good friend of Alex Honnold. And a uh, good friend of the Thundercling podcast. Correct. Guest. He, you know, guest. He was first on. guest. It's first no big guest. deal. No big deal. I mean, he was just on. Came on. On Skype. Yeah. But he... Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. You didn't need to say that. <laughs> but he uh, he left a funny little quip that was saying, everybody has to work for... Or everybody needs a paycheck. Yeah. Everybody needs a paycheck, <laughs> Honald. And Honald, in his infinite free-souling wisdom, responded, retorted. Excuse me. No. You're He excused. retorted. Exactly. That's why you're working an office job now. Ooh, oh, the bird. bird is Sizzler. We're Sizzler, baby. And uh, <laughs> and at which point James responded, "Yeah, exactly. Not everyone can be a five foot eleven dick." Whoa! Whoa. But Whoa. Like, at this point, you got to take into context. They're good friends. Their inside humor. Who knows what that it is? They're very good friends. They're good friends. Either way, Instagram community of climbers slash maybe not even climbers, just fans of Honold thought James Lucas was this dude who's just throwing shade at their boy, their naked bun boy. You can't be doing that to the no, naked Honnold, bro. No. So they t- took it upon themselves to send James Lucas really mean DMs. Crushing stuff, dude. <laughs> so poor James was drinking some haterade today, but... A lot of haterade. He's probably going to have to vomit. Oh, but sure. if there's one man yeah. who can fucking take all of you simple bastards hate... If there's one dude who can ingest it, yeah. it and like shit out a gold brick of wisdom and awesomeness yeah. is James Lucas. Mr. Hamas Lucas. Uh, I don't think that's going to hurt him too much. No. And, and you know, if you follow Alex Honnold, which all these people obviously do, yeah. and you don't know that him and James Lucas yeah. aren't buddies, like what the, who the fuck are you? Yeah. So just be nice guys. That was kind of, you know, painful for Yeah, and if I can say one more thing about the body issue and Alex Honnold, I, I'm just I'm gonna say something that we're all thinking. Okay, I feel ripped off. Uh huh. Why? That it's ninety percent of the body issue because there's no dong. Well, there's no Dave. 
Dave. There's not. No, no, no. We don't. We don't need. It's part of the body. Okay, you're right, but you're wrong. But you're right. But it's. You know what? Actually, I'm kind of. You feeling it? I'm feeling it. Why no, not? No, 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 no. Our... And we're moving on, Dave. Fuck. Okay. Okay. Let it go, man. Well, you and your sh- Donald we... dongles. I'm sorry. Wow, that's the name okay. of the episode. <laughs> One thing I do want to say is it's been super cool. A lot of the feedback and interactions we've been having with our Thundercling listeners. We don't have a name for you guys yet. We could be like the Thunder Thunder Turds. Thunder Turds. <laughs> that's... that's just off the top of my head. But they, you know. Our guest today, Dakota Walls, was actually one of the first people to reach out to us and ask to come on to the show. Yeah. And we're super honored to have him because he is an individual who clearly deserves to be on something way bigger than the Thundercling. How could you <laughs> say that, dude? But also... This is the Sears Tower the, of you're right, podcasts. You're right. But that's it, the tallest building in the world. But we also had uh, on Instagram, Nikki... I know you're out there. You're welcome. You're welcome. She asked us to, she particularly called us out to talk about the James Lucas thing. And that was great. And you got some Honold Dong And I got a random text today from someone who listened to the first episode where I gave my phone number out and was like, hey, listen to the episode. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. (laughs) I was like, yeah, man. (laughs) Thanks for texting me. Well, it's cool because that's how Dakota got. Yes. in touch with us and we're so so grateful he did also you know as a caveat let uh, dakota's family who might be listening to this all of the intros don't sound exactly like no. that we don't always well, talk like about we said dave people. he's got his broken tooth he's on fucking drugs he's on oh all, god we're not always on drugs either no, this, no, no, is this is spiraling out of control but dakota um aside from being a hardcore first ascensionist super talented climber and a really gregarious nice thoughtful guy has written a book yes. that both me and Feedy have read. It is called Everything the, I Loved More. That is it. Everything I Loved More. And it chronicles his time uh, as a younger man, yeah. as a, a steel tramp, like jumping freight trains, hitchhiking, free solo in, deep water solo in. Yeah. Ass. Reckless, reckless behavior. But youthful recklessness. Youthful recklessness. Um, what did Matt Samet in a review in Climbing Magazine called it? Uh, young Climber Angst, I young think climber, is what yeah. he called it. Either way, it was a book that both Dave and I, when we met and to talk about it, we both met on a few points, which were like, we both read it in one sitting because yeah. it's a nice, tight little novel. And yep. we both, it left us both feeling like we wanted way more. Yeah, yeah, and, way, way, way more. We, I closed that book. I was reading the PDF, actually. He yeah. sent it to me. I wasn't paying attention to the scroll bar. And when I got to the end of it, I was like, no. I know. No. I know. It, it can't more. It can't end. Yeah. I need more. Um, and in my opinion, that's like the finest praise you mm-hmm. can give a writer is when you close that book, you are not at all satiated. Yeah. You just want to consume more of those stories. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Dakota just. <sighs> and let's be honest. Dakota was awesome guest on here. He was, yeah, he, he, he just, didn't know us. We didn't yeah, know him. It was, it was really super cool. fun. It was super fun to get to know him. And uh, it was funny, too, because we started off the interview with Dakota being like, hey, guys, I want to like chat and have fun. But the last time this happened, like, yeah. undisclosed podcast that he was supposed to be on, he essentially <laughs> told all his stories and before was, they were recording. Yeah. And then when they started recording, a few, you know, they'd gotten a little inebriated and things just didn't flow out the same <laughs> and it didn't get published <laughs> and it never got published so we're happy to say dakota nailed it nailed on the it dog. 
Um, um, we're super happy. His book is going to come out in October. Yeah. So you can find Dakota on Instagram. It's at I climb, climb W A L Z. Yeah. I climb walls. He's on Facebook. He has a Kickstarter that's mm-hmm. already been fulfilled, fulfilled which is which great is for him. Um, but the book will be out in October and check this out. He did a fucking audio edition. Yeah. No climbing yeah, books do cool. that. That's pretty cool. That's uh, super rad. So we, we just we'll have links in, for everything. For sure. Yeah. Um, and about 30 minutes into this interview, uh, some pretty heavy, yeah. like Dakota, a lot of these adventures, he was kind of running away from something. Those were like mental health issues mm-hmm. and issues with depression. And that wisdom starts like falling like heavy raindrops at about the 30 minute part. Um, Mark rather <laughs> stone. stone. Fuck off. Don't judge me. Yeah. Um, so please stay tuned. Stick around. It's so good. Dakota. Yeah. Thank you. We love you. We love you. Dakota's family. We love you. I offer my apologies and we also love you. We also love you. <laughs> and, and, and Alex Honnold. And Alex Honnold. Hey. Hey man. Dong Dave, or no Dave, dong. Dong or no dong. Beautiful pictures. Beautiful. Props. Uh, ESPN. Props. If you need a Yet, pancake batter belly kind of guy. Should we do our calendar? Is that a new calendar? Yeah. New to the day we were born. Uh, okay, bye. So we're going to come back to that. Okay, cool. But let's start out with little baby Dakota. Baby Dakota. What, what was young Dakota like? He was really into uh, sweet potatoes. So, <laughs> that's pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, sound Midwestern already. <laughs> My first passion. Sweet potatoes. First passion was <laughs> harvesting and planting and polishing sweet potatoes. Sometimes called the yams. <laughs> Those fucking fancy New Yorkers called the yams. Well, I think Um, there's actually a difference between sweet potatoes and yams. Okay, I have had the same struggle of Everybody's had this conversation. And I swear (laughs) to God, I Googled this one time, and it was like, yam and sweet potato are interchangeable terms. Okay. But I don't know. Up for debate. Who knows? I mean, I've never... No one's ever given me a plate (laughs) of yams and or sweet potatoes, and I was bummed about it. So as far as that goes, it's pretty interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. And also, if you're eating sweet potatoes, it's like, try my sweet potatoes, and you take a bite, and you're like, these are fucking delicious yams. <laughs> yeah. The person isn't like, listen, cocksucker. <laughs> Those are, this is my sweet potato recipe. No, yams. Exactly. That doesn't yeah. happen. No, no, yeah. no. Fucking anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyways. Why, why are you into sweet potatoes? I don't know. I, I just like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't have an answer for that. Okay. <laughs> he right. just liked him. Get off the guy's I back. Mean, I was there, but I don't remember much. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. No, but what else? What, what was uh, life in Fargo like growing up? Yeah, so... Um, How old are you right now, by the way? So I'm 28. 28. Um, growing up in Fargo, I, it's difficult to compare it to anything because I didn't grow up anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from what I call a pretty thoroughly broken family. So um, multiple divorces through you know, the last 28 years, maybe mm-hmm. five or six, roughly. Five or and six. so that looked a lot of like, oh... Well, I live in North Fargo, and yes, Fargo is big enough to have different like areas. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I live in North Fargo for um, a week here, and then West Fargo for like two weeks there. And I go to school in this district, but I live in this district, so I don't really get to see friends much. And um, kind of like a lot of that back and forth, kind of like figuring out, oh, cool, I got a new Nintendo 64, but hell yeah. But it's at mom's house, so I'm oh. going to just sit here and fucking watch the clouds all day or something. Uh. So there's a lot of like confusions and like. And uh, being transient in a in a small town. Yeah. Yeah. Why were there? W- what was going on? 
with so many why were they divorced or like <laughs> no not exactly but like what were you feeling at that time were you hey you were shuttling between your mom and dad yeah oh the yeah whole time yeah it was weird um my dad is a like a traveling salesman and so i got to see him like every other weekend so it was very much like that fight club thing like a generation of men raised by women uh <laughs> and also like not really having a great relationship with my dad until yeah um until like the third divorce or second and a half divorce Oof. when uh like things started kind of coming together and then we like really got to bond mm-hmm. and now we have a really great relationship that's oh, great to hear that's man. so great yeah he's like the most supportive i mean a lot of people talk about like not being able to talk to their family or hating going home for the holidays and stuff um but i call my dad on the phone and we talk for like no more than two minutes and it's perfect so, yeah. that's awesome yeah, yeah it's great. was it one of those things where like when you were growing up, you never said, I love you to your dad or anything like that. It, oh, that happened all the time. But like, um, I was such a super shy kid and like, didn't really understand or communicate honestly ever. Yeah. So like, if I said, oh, like I love you or I'm fine or yeah, I'm just tired or whatever. Like I was lying 90% of my childhood because mm-hmm. I just like, didn't have communication skills. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <sighs> I mean, I think we all do that. Right. Yeah. Like, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, father son relationships are complicated dude <laughs> i had a complicated one for sure yeah but if you fucking just let bygones be bygones so when you like mature enough yeah dude you can just have a great relationship mm-hmm. it just takes like swallowing all your pride mm-hmm. and pride is poisonous and nasty anyway so yeah that's why i tell people i'm a trash person all the time to remind myself that i need to be <laughs> prideful yeah fuck pride man <laughs> fuck pride um so what were you doing well how were you having fun as like a junior high kid and stuff like that so, uh, yeah, junior high, I, um, was, I worked at summer camp. It was like my big thing. So I went, I went to summer <laughs> camp yeah. as a kid. You go away for like a week and like, yeah, it's, it's like a big di- deal. different world that changes yeah. you. And then when I was 16, I started like becoming like a counselor in training or a counselor. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like my thing. And then like that, like really kind of like, like made me realize like, oh, I can just kind of like do whatever the fuck that I want because I had like all this responsibility. I had like mm-hmm. sometimes 20 eight-year-olds were my responsibility for a full week Whoa. yeah so it's kind of like oh like uh it kind of like opened me up to a lot of responsibilities but i kind of like uh use that maybe like for powers for bad <laughs> and i got like really into um graffiti and climbing buildings so i spent a yeah. lot of my high school and college time every every night like going out finding new spots yeah. you know putting stuff up and uh yeah Using just like, ropes uh no never no no yeah it was like 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 really just bottom of the barrel shit like pipe climbing on shit Mm -hmm. breaking off of you like just to get to like a good spot that like won't get covered or anything like that ladders and all that stuff yeah sure anything to get to the top of the building yeah yeah get to the top of the building for fun and then like also like if you're walking down an alley like and you see a bunch of graffiti like at like street level like that gets covered up and yeah and by other artists or you know city government whatever it is but like if you climb up 20 feet and put your sticker there, put your tag there, whatever you're going to do there, then like it lasts way longer. Yes. Wow. Did you have a crew? Uh, I mean, off and on, like Fargo's a small place. Like you don't, you don't have like a whole crew. Like, you have like one bro who's willing to go out with you and like do a bunch of bullshit for a night, but like you're rarely, it's rarely like a, like a, a tight knit thing. So this was like the first experience kind of climbing stuff, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's very much started out to find like the best new spot to yeah. like put, put something up. That's fun. Which, interestingly enough, translates very, very bluntly to, like, first ascents. Yeah, seriously. going to New Canyon, hoping to find something sweet, and then doing whatever you have to do to, like, get up and make it, like, in the best style possible. Mm -hmm. 
You should be the first person to start graffitiing your first ascent. <laughs> yeah, well, I wouldn't be the awesome. first person. I mean, have you ever been to Indian Creek? Yeah, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> do people sign their names in shock or something? No, they fucking do little plaques. They like take yeah. a rock and they they scratch a plaque for their oh, their new like route. Like a piece of sandstone that basically is the size of a dinner me, plate. Me climb this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it'll just be at the base of the cliff. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, and there's some of them are really pretty, and it's kind of a cool tradition. But, I think it's super cool. But it, I, I mean, I think. There's a lot of things climbers don't do that are do that don't follow leave no trace. Yes. And that one's pretty hard to defend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. Like in Clear Creek, they just have like dog tags. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those hanging on the bolts? Yeah, those are rad. Yeah. I mean that's that's super cool. Yeah, five tells- bucks, it doesn't hurt anything, and if like people are annoyed by it, they can rip it off. But they yeah, don't exactly. because it's really nice. Yeah, it's cool. So how did you discover climbing? As yeah. a Midwesterner. Yeah. yeah, so it's always uh, a story. <laughs> my favorite stories. <laughs> So uh, my best friend, um, Matt Eckelberg, he was like uh, my skateboard partner. He worked at the skate park at the YMCA, like classic Midwestern shit, right? Like our, <laughs> our, one of our best skate parks is a YMCA. Oh, and yeah. in that YMCA was also like the best climbing wall, mm-hmm. i.e. the only climbing wall. <laughs> in Fargo? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I mean it's, it's developed some with like the colleges trying to make you know more money off their students and stuff lately. Yeah. But the, the, the Y is still like the wall. Wow. And so he would do shifts at the wall every once in a while because they didn't need him at the at the skate park. So that like I would just visit him every once in a while and just kind of hang out after skating and we just like talk shit and um I think he was my first year of college, my girlfriend of like roughly two and a half years, like the high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Finally, like after like six months of like us coming on and off and on and off, she finally just cut it off and I, I kinda realized like fuck, like, you know, kinda just sitting around in Fargo coasting and not really doing shit like i guess i'll like take this belay class <laughs> and then pretty much from then on it was just like yes full on. Yeah. Real, right away you fell in love yeah pretty much yeah so what did that look like uh it looks like uh, me working out for the first time me having like focus for the first time <laughs> me like directing my you know all my all my intentions and in something that wasn't kind of pointless and dead end yeah yeah what had you been doing before that was like like playing video games playing i mean your... going to college <laughs> no shit okay I, let's just all uh cheers here on yeah. that real quick clink clink fuck yeah yeah i'm still paying those bastards yeah. and so you were in college climbing then yeah i uh where I, are you going to college by the way so luckily uh, my high school guidance counselor um really hooked it up she was mm-hmm. like listen here's what your grades are here's what your plan is here's how much money you're gonna make trying to be a fucking graphic designer just go to community college oh yeah God bless yeah. him or her. That's yeah. awesome. She advice. rocked it, and I did, and I did, like paid for it up front, um, and didn't don't have any student loans. I mean, I don't fucking work in graphic design on a regular yeah. basis, but yeah. don't have any student loans. So Even sweet. better reason. I mean, if you had gone to four year private school, Fuck, and then not... I might still be in the Midwest, dude. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. I mean, you can you can we all we all escape eventually. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> well, I was I was working I was working at a, a sign shop in Fargo mm-hmm. when I was in college, and it was like. Just putting together like no parking signs, <laughs> just the most boring, like mm. more like the the design equivalent of like spell checking someone's memos every fucking day. Yeah, you know, and like internal memos too. Yeah, yeah, it's just just petty bullshit. And uh, I mean, great, great, great shop, great people I was working for and everything. Nothing against them; they do good work. Um, and there's a small bomb and pop shop, and my mom was like, you know, like you know, you're pretty young, and there's not only more than two or three people above you, if you stick around, you could like run this place in a couple, like 10 years, you could be up top. Right. Yeah. I was like, yeah, like that's a pretty good opportunity. 
Um, <laughs> but I think I would rather kill myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The subway only has five employees. <laughs> Ten years. You fucking you could be the have, manager. You don't, you don't have to make sandwiches no. when you're the manager. <laughs> you're the big boss. The big boss. The franchise manager. Okay, so how the hell did you get out of Fargo then? You're obviously yeah. you're addicted to yeah. climbing. It's a it's, burgeoning addiction. It's the classic, bro. It's the classic. I, I fell in love with a, a person. And she was moving from Omaha to Kansas City. Uh-huh. And I had a decision to make. I had to decide if I was going to move to Kansas City and fall for the classic trope of, you know, you know, moving for this girl mm-hmm. and then breaking up right away. Or if I was going to move to Denver. Oh. And I, I did the math and I figured, well, Denver's far more expensive. Kansas City is actually, you know, um, like pretty affordable. Yes. Like it's almost one-to-one to Fargo. And the design and art scene is like killer there compared to Denver. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, okay, well, that's enough excuses. Then I, I feel like I can, I'll move mm-hmm. to Kansas City. So we moved to Kansas City for her. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Two months later, <laughs> definitely got dumped, broke up the whole shebang. Oh, no. Um, but in the very same week, uh, I got a job at the local climbing gym. And that was everything. So got the job at the local climbing gym. And that was like my base camp. I would work manual labor for a few months mm-hmm. and then go travel for a couple weeks. And then work manual labor for a few months and then go travel for a couple weeks until... Until uh, my now wife finally got super tired of me never being around. And she's yeah. like, well, if we, if we move to Denver, I can still be close, you know, only, air quotes here, only eight-hour drive across Kansas <laughs> to get to my family. And uh, you don't have to be gone every single night. You can come home. Yeah. yeah. So it was like kind of like a, I finally, finally broke her down. <laughs> um, How long have you been in Denver now? Uh, we had our Colorado, our four-year Colorado birthday, July 1st. Oh, so, dude. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's like graduating college. Yeah. <laughs> Four years. Um, so let's backtrack a second. When you were climbing in North Dakota, is that when you wrote the guidebook? No, no, no. Okay. So this is the most embarrassing part. When I wrote the guidebook was like immediately after moving here. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, I started developing um, new routes in Kansas City. And it's like kind of falling in love with that. And then I thought like, man, it'd be really cool to just like, I know North Dakota is super flat. But there's got to be some kind yeah. of hard, hardened pile of sand somewhere. I had to go uh, back home anyways for a trip. I did my, my brother was graduating or something, so it's like I got to go back there anyways. Uh, I don't want to drive 15 hours to Fargo to just kind of like jerk around and eat food and drink beer with my relatives and stuff. Like I want to go kind of do something cool. Mm-hmm. And I never spent time out in Western North Dakota, mm-hmm. so I spent you know hours and hours and hours. You know, searching topo maps and you know Bing and Google satellite images and like just seeing what Sick. I could find if there's any relief whatsoever. I found one spot that looked like it had, you know, like a wall on it, like it mm-hmm. looks like sixty foot wall. I'm like, okay, great, cool. If there's, if I do a twenty foot scramble up Choss, cool. That's that's all I came yeah. here for. <laughs> but when we got there, it ended up being like a whole wall of like, I mean, granted, pretty shitty sandstone, but sandstone. very climbable. Yeah. And that kind of like, I'm like, man, I wonder what else is like out here in my yeah. home state that I was missing on all these years. Yeah. And um, from then on, it was like trip after trip from Denver. I would do, uh, I was doing 12 hour shifts back then. So I would work from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And then I would go straight home. And both my roommates, mm-hmm. um, Jonathan, who shot the film Small Walls, yeah. and Matt Eckelberg, the guy I mentioned before, mm-hmm. uh, they would both hop in the car and we'd drive 10, 12 hours. And we'd get there at like five in the morning, take a quick little nap. And then start developing and finding out what we could do and making a guidebook. Wow. How many climbs are in it? 
Not many. I mean, it's it's still North Dakota. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I get you. I think there's like a roughly 125, including Boulder problems. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. It's roughly a like roughly 75 to 100 more than were there before 2016 so man but that's something you see so often in small areas uh, or when people first start climbing they just sort of know what's established and they assume that's all that there can be developed they don't realize that it takes somebody with initiative to be like actually let me go look for stuff and make it because for the longest time where dave and i are from iowa i was told because I, I started climbing out i was always told like oh there's no good bouldering here there's no bouldering it's like really bad and then a friend of mine just went out and searched and found actually some super cool boulders and it's like oh you just have to put the time in and have that initiative yeah, yeah in a fucking flat state you know you have <laughs> yeah. to have gumption you have to get psyched on getting lost full of ticks and poison ivy and yeah. jack dick almost every time yeah exactly i looked at some pictures of north dakota climbing and i was impressed by the pictures like i i was impressed because i didn't expect to see like that long cliff band, yeah, that's uh, fucking. Look, it's what looks I, pretty nice. I didn't see a close up now. <laughs> what I tell everyone is, is so on that book, uh, my wife Jasmine uh, published that or designed mm-hmm. that book. And the cover then, is awesome, dude. By dude, the way. oh my wow. god, that's what a whole story in itself. What a it's sweet a whole cover. Story in itself. That cover. So I wanted my my vision for the cover was I wanted to have a female climber trad climbing on shitty sandstone in the dead of winter in North Dakota. That was like my, my ideal cover. Yeah. And Jazz was like, no, no, that's not what it's going to be. And I was like, what do you mean? Is this my book? What do you mean it's not what it's going to be? She's like, how many, how many guy, climbing guidebooks have you seen that have like just someone climbing on the cover? Literally every single every one. Single one. Yeah. Every single one. And so she's like, I want to do something a little different. Like we, a big part of the guidebook was we wanted to push like a, like a cultural like blend right so we wanted to yeah we wanted to uh you know show like yes this is the middle of nowhere north dakota they do have their traditions and like if you're not white it might be kind of weird walking around there sometimes um but there's also like a lot of space for you to exist in these these backcountry areas that you can climb at mm-hmm. and so the cover was very much like climbing gear and then you know the saddle and then the cowboy hat the cowboy hat next to the harness and the cams next to like um you know a bunch of chain for a tractor tire or something mm-hmm. and uh it really came together really beautifully and i'm really thankful because we we made a separate trip all the way there just to take that photo Whoa. it's such a good photo dude yeah i mean that really draws you in and when i saw that it was out of print i was like super bummed yeah we uh you just sold out one printing and you're like yeah, we might have been a little little short-sighted. Like, you know, four years ago, the idea of climbing in North Dakota was, like, laughable, even more laughable than it is now, <laughs> right? And so I was like, well, if I print 200 books, that should cover, you know, everyone who helped with the book. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, everyone who's going to probably buy one right out the get-go. And that might be, like, give me, like, 100 for, like, the next five to ten years. And then ended up selling out last year. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um there's not a lot of money to be made, and I, no. I and I have a a couple of places you can get it for free. So like, yeah, there's like NDSU and other colleges around North Dakota. Mm-hmm. You can rent the book for free. Oh, nice. As well as American Alpine mm-hmm. Club, they have at least one copy. So um, until I have the time and motivation to put it on like an app or something, yeah, a PDF pretty... or a free PDF or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and and that'll happen one day. It's just a matter of of uh, not having a trillion other things to do. Come on, North Dakota climbers. I mean, one underrated aspect of the whole, you know, writing that guidebook is you've provided this huge resource to 
hundreds of you know climbers in North Dakota who are just like <laughs> dozens of climbers <laughs> in North Dakota. There's at least there's gotta be at least maybe five. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, no, it's that, and that's the whole point though. Like mm-hmm. um, growing up in North Dakota, like it was either you go hunting or you drive a snowmobile or you drink a bunch yeah. of booze. But now yeah. they have this option. It's yeah, super cool. And like that was huge for me to discover that. Like I was lucky enough that I stumbled upon it. And now mm. if someone has that opportunity to not only just stumble upon it, but like be able to go outside and cut their teeth early, yeah. then they can have a chance to like really, really go somewhere with it. Ah, super cool and beautiful cover. And you wrote a fucking guide for buildering oh, yeah. in Kansas city as well. Yeah. Yeah. That was more of a, <laughs> that was more of like a underground kind of, it's not so much of a guide as it is like a, a little zine. Yeah. That's cool, yeah, yeah. though. Yeah, it looked like a punk rock zine. Yeah, very much. Did you put your name on it? Sure. Huh. I, well, actually, I don't remember. Did I, That's I, pretty I, fucking I was brave, really dude. Like, there. I don't these I buildings. I, I'll show you how. I know. I don't know if it's on the cover or not, but I know on every single like first like first ascent, um, I I did anagrams for everyone's names. Mm. So, like, yeah, I, I don't know how to explain. I can't come. I'm not clever enough to come up with an anagram for my name right now. But, sure. Yeah, but... <laughs> that was covered up a little bit, so people kind of like would get credit, like they'd be able to recognize their own name, hopefully. But then, what's the grading scale? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the grading scale is uh, like the standard, like five eleven or okay, B, whatever. Cool. But then instead of a star rating, we have a like, I think what I call it, like the crusty cop rating. And I had a picture of like a cop's head, and if you had like like three cop heads, like you're yeah. probably gonna get arrested doing oh, trying shit. it unless you're moving fast, or if like had one cop head, Ooh, like you're cool. Okay, that is fucking awesome dude and i know that's out of print and i saw that it said no uh no desire to reprint it or something like that at the bottom of the page yeah <laughs> I, was like, I mean no shit i have a draft for a second volume but i just like moved on yeah like, denver like, like, i mean you're in denver now you gotta make the denver yeah, buildering guidebook oh people are people are about that like it, yeah uh, it's actually on mountain project yeah yeah it's i mean like i i support it i just i don't know why you do it in denver of all places but like yeah. I think it's, it's it's cool. I just don't get it because I don't, I don't even know why people go to the gym in Denver. Yes. Honestly, I've, I don't fuck with that. Dude, what if you got a fucking job and it's the middle of winter? Where else are you going to go at like 5 o'clock? PM? Yeah. Go to North Table. Fucking get some laps, dude. Oh, North Table? Well, I mean, we can't do it. I got some nice things to say about North Table. But I'm not going to say in the podcast because I don't want people to know how good it is. And are you, okay. I've never been there. You've never been there? Mm-hmm. So every single climber that moves to Colorado or moves to Denver, especially if they're a young climber, North Table is like the first place they go. And it's where they first start sport climbing in Denver. I don't know if you had that experience, but I Very did. When I place, moved yeah. here, man, it was North Table three times a week, psyched out of my fucking head for like two straight years. Mm-hmm. You're so happy. And then I was like, you know, went to a couple other places like, wow, North North Table fucking sucks. So tell me, tell me about this, this greatness at North Table. Well, I, are you I, talking about the new routes there? Are there, are there new routes there? I've been out of the loop. I mean, new that. routes still go. They're still they're like I don't know how many new bolted routes are there. New there, I know there are some new trad routes there. Hmm, that's sweet. No, I mean, uh, like if you can climb like five eleven or five twelve, like there's great gear lines that are pretty splitter. So mm. it's like, why not? Why not just like throw a top rope and get strong yeah. in the winter? There's no reason to go to the gym. Mr. Squirrel gets a nut, man. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I just remember he- hearing Deck a story. Deck chairs in the Titanic, the hardest 5'9 on the planet. Deck chairs? Oh, that's... Deck chairs in the Titanic is like a... 
10B, 11A now. I don't know, but I, it used I, to be called a 5.9. I will admit, I haven't been sport climbing at North Table since my very first time visiting Colorado like seven okay, years here ago. Here we go. The truth finally comes out. <laughs> Dude, the, sh- the gear climbing is fucking rad. It's, uh, oh, it's awesome. I just remember hearing a story about this runner who uh, like a chunk of rock fell on their leg. Yeah, a couple of years and ago. And then yeah. the rock had a bolt on it, apparently. Oh, <laughs> damn. So the rock there is super safe. Yeah. Don't go there. Don't li- don't go to North Table. It's a fucking home of rattlesnakes and gumbies. Other wow, than Dave. Dakota. Dave, you're- and me. <laughs> for many, many years. <laughs> um, so let's talk. I don't want to get into the book just yet. The sure. book, uh, Everything I Love More. But let's talk about when you started getting interested in writing. Sure. And like creative outlet in that way. Yeah. Um, I think that I've always had to have some kind of creative outlet mm-hmm. um very millennial of me to like <laughs> have it change every two years mm-hmm. right um so like i said like in high school it was like graffiti mm-hmm. and in college it was design and you know a painting or something um and then kind of over time it just became something to do while i was on the road it's like because Climbing is, is great and it's expressive in some ways, but eventually when you're just kind of sitting sitting mm-hmm. in the car by yourself for the you know fourteenth night in a row, like yeah, it's, it's there's not a lot to do. So writing in that way is like has become like pretty expressive. It's definitely something that's um, ephemeral, though. I look at people who write for a living, and I'm just like aghast at how they do that. Like yeah. they, they they show up to work at nine a.m. They're like okay crack the fingers and uh, I'm going to write this essay or this article yeah. and that blows my fucking marbles. I have to be like close to death or, you know, <laughs> like in a real bad place or something to like have the, the muse visit and, and like get yeah. something worth writing down. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. I did it for six years. It was my only job. <sighs> yeah. It's brutal, man. It's fucking brutal. <laughs> I tell people who say, I want to write a writer. I'm like, <laughs> reassess your life <laughs> fucking don't do it like right for fun yeah don't do it for a living so you so, d- oh go ahead i was gonna say so you didn't start writing till kind of later in life or were you i mean I, I mean i had to write for school here and there yeah. and i enjoyed that and uh sorry my voice keeps cracking it was no you're fine man just fucking that run, out, run it, out and strung hey, out bro that makes it sexier <laughs> everybody's gonna talk no about one it. has ever said that <laughs> no one has ever said you know you guys you guys hear that guy's voice it's yeah. so svelte <laughs> You sound like a 13-year-old boy. Yeah. We do have a lot of 13-year-old boys on the show. Oh, nice. I'm just kidding. And I, I regret saying that. Carry on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like, um, I don't really have an answer to that question because it's always kind of been something that's been there a little bit yeah. that I've done for myself. Like jot this down, kind of like get that weight off my shoulders and kind of yeah. throw it away for a while. Um, this is really just truly the first time that I've respected what's come out enough to put it together, polish it, and make it something that's worth other people reading. Yeah. So kind of wow. an experiment in that way. Okay. Well, let's talk about the years where you were fucking steel tramping, man. Yeah. And like adventuring. Yeah. And first of all, so the book you wrote, Everything I Love More, is like seven vignettes, right? Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. How many years does that encompass? Or like what's this stage of your life? What are the bookends of those years? Yeah, it's it truly starts um, when I first moved to Kansas City, okay. yeah, roughly 2011, 2012, and um, ends 
the first year we moved to Denver. So it was like my entire life in Kansas Mm -hmm. City. And again, air quotes in Kansas City because a lot of that was traveling. And uh, it was pretty much the beginning of my relationship with my now wife and um, my relationship with like really falling in love with the road and having the latitude to just do whatever the fuck I wanted. Yeah. And ended when uh, I realized maybe I didn't have as much latitude as I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is... The last story in the book yeah that wraps it all together yeah it kind of puts a little ugly little bow on it ah <laughs> it's a beautiful bow dude so what <laughs> what causes a person to look at a hurtling freight car like <laughs> like tearing your eardrums apart and being like i'm gonna jump i want to uh i want to be on top of that thing <laughs> like i want to <laughs> what goes through how did that fucking whole thing start well that I- desire well, I mean, so I grew up um, like pretty close to the tracks. Mm-hmm. And so we'd spend a lot of our summers just kind of like hanging out by the bridge, burning stuff, throwing rocks yeah. at, the, at the cars that went by. And sometimes yeah. we'd stop and you'd be kind of like, oh, okay, it's making this noise. I wonder what that means. And then it'd start again. You'd be like, oh, fuck, you run away. <laughs> and that eventually like um, reappeared when I was doing a lot of, you know, graffiti and street art. Yeah. And so that kind of like brought me back into the yards and exploring that area and um, meeting people who were kind of like, waiting for the next train, kind of ask, talking to them about their stories. And uh, the general, um, just the general uh, curiosity to see what the rest of the world looked like. Yeah. Um, but from a different perspective. Because we can, you can get on a plane and close your eyes and wake up in Florida. Yeah. Um, but there's so much in between here and there. Yes. That's worth seeing. And when you, when it takes you fucking hours and hours and hours just to go a couple hundred miles yeah and to find out it's the wrong direction um <laughs> you get to really experience all of, all of that really in a potent uh, acute and full frontal format in that drew you in yeah absolutely and also i mean like you see you know pictures of fucking dudes like with their hair blown in the wind they're all all fucking train car gray mm-hmm. and like looking like they're just enjoying life and it's super romantic like i definitely fell yeah, for that... the romance of it all <laughs> yeah sure. did you read ted conifer's book on uh bro i don't i don't i don't read uh... if it's not sci-fi i saw that you have wool back here if it's not sci-fi i don't i don't read it wool's good man that's well, a dang, great story so i'm trying to get dave to read the forever war the forever i haven't read that one god damn <laughs> not really a sci-fi guy <laughs> it's the only thing that keeps my attention i can't finish anything if it's not sci-fi if there's no, not you a if... fucking breaking a writing rule here <laughs> if you're a writer you have to read and you just published a book. You're like, I don't read. Yeah, that's but, like well, that's why it's so short. I don't expect people to keep people's attention that long. <laughs> I don't um, want to be a hypocrite, you know. So what was that? What was the culture like? Did you meet a lot of people on the? Yeah, like did you get invested in that culture? Absolutely at all? not. Um, no, okay. <laughs> no, no. That was a big question. I wondered. So, about. so like, um, a lot of my drive for like hopping freight trains and hitchhiking and stuff was was drive. For a lot of people out there, it's. Um, not having other options, not having other any other education. Maybe they're running from something. Maybe it's the law. Maybe it's from someone hurting them. Maybe they're they they're not even um, capable of functioning adults, and mm-hmm. they don't even know what they're doing. Mm. So a lot of times, it was people that I couldn't relate to. People yeah. who were you know they they would beg for money even though they had plenty of money in their pocket, or you know they would they would be fine missing the train if that meant they could shoot up a little bit longer. And for me. The, the stark contrast was I was sitting in a fucking, you know, jungle or a catch out somewhere, shitting in the corner of a building, waiting for nine hours for the Detroit train to come. And then it never came. And I wasted my whole day, mm-hmm. you know? And so 
I really had a really hard time connecting with those folks for <laughs> sure. Was that a dangerous, like, were you seen as, I think you mentioned it in the book, were you seen as like a voyeur or do they have a name for people who are just doing it? Tourist. Is that what they call it? No, I mean, that's what I call it. Yeah. I that's mean, what you called it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I could definitely see how like the hardcore would definitely say like, oh, this is a fucking, fucking tourist. Yeah. Yeah. You go write a book, you fucking tourist. <laughs> You're like, I exactly. Will. Yeah. I will write a book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck you. I'm at word 2000 right now. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I don't see myself that way because because um, I was following my dream. And that was like to see to see what the world had and to see it from a different perspective and to, you know, be a part of this thing that's always been a part of my life running through the backyard all the time. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, parts of it were absolutely everything the romance like sold mm -hmm. it as was just yeah full full on it was all it was sold for is what some you're of it wow but then sitting in you know waiting around for <laughs> yes. nine hours for nothing to happen the extreme contrast <laughs> or like you're trying to get to omaha and you end up in lincoln mm -hmm. and you're fucking walking for miles and miles and miles and miles because because no one wants to pick you up because you just spent the night riding fucking the... coal yeah yeah wow so so my question is you you wrote a book on adventuring but what was like your first taste of adventure that made you be like, I kind of like doing this weird, crazy stuff. Yeah, dude, that's so I've been thinking about that a lot. My 28th year, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what the fuck is wrong with me. <laughs> um, uh, not super easy when you don't you're not willing to go see your therapist every week, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it the answer to that question is one of my very first memories. Uh, driving through downtown Fargo is the first time I'd ever seen it. Mm -hmm. um, I was sitting shotgun, which is a treat because I never got to sit in shotgun. I was like five years old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, driving, driving with my dad, and I just pressed in my sticky face, you know, up against the window to see, you know, how tall the buildings were. And granted, like they're like fifteen stories tall, not huge by mm -hmm. any, by any means, but like so that's huge to me. There's like yeah. they touch the sky. Yeah. And I wondered out loud. I was like, wow, I wonder how tall these are. And my dad's like, well. Yeah, I don't know. And I was like, oh, well, it'd be really cool to see what it looked like from from up top. Yeah. And he goes, uh, should we should we find out? And I was like, and I was like, my my brain was just like, like trying to put like a square <laughs> hole in a round peg. Like just like, what? Like what? What the? What, what do you mean? Should we find out? He's like, yeah. Like let's just <laughs> let's just go in and see if we can go to the top and see if they let us look out a window. And like that changed my life. Yeah. That really? was everything. I was just like, oh, you can do that. I can just. I can just try to find answers to things. Like I don't have to wonder if I'm willing to like go check it out. Yeah. And like, I'm allowed to do that. Like, whoa, that, and that, that was truly like my first adventure. Cool. I have no idea. I do not remember at all. If we made it to the top, I yeah. don't remember what the view looked just, like. I just remember him saying, yeah, sure. Let's find out. Wow. Yeah. That's an incredible story. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a touching story. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, well, not you know, not so much a question as much of a comment. I just now read your shirt, mm -hmm. Mass Intruder. That band is fucking dank. Oh. Yeah. Boom. Dude. Yeah. yeah I fucking bro. love them. Yeah. I, this shirt is like. Yeah, Dave yeah. loves that shirt. It's my tell. favorite shirt, man. I can tell. I just saw these guys in Denver like uh, a couple years ago. Oh, last nice. Last time they were here. Fuck yeah. yeah. Do they still have the cop out, out next Fuck to them yeah. who like kind of like yeah, tries to fuck with them? Just fucks with the audience yeah. mostly. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, they're um, uh, we had them at so I, I ran an all ages music venue in Kansas City, mm -hmm. and we had them there, and I and I didn't know what to expect. Like I was, 
so overwhelmed. Like I didn't even look to see who people were. If they wanted to book a show, we just booked a show because yeah. it was just like churn and burn. And they showed up and I was just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and, I, and I saw there was a cop. I was like, fuck, we're, this, oh, is, this no. is it. The venue is done. There's a cop in here. We're and he's so... a big fat dude with a mustache. You're like, fuck that. Yeah. That lo- it looks like a cop, except he's wearing shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I-, I couldn't see the shorts because there's so many heads in front of us. And I was just like, dude, this is fucked. I'm, this is, I, I fucking ruined everything. I should have, I should have, I, I don't know what I should have done, but I should have fucking did it yeah. hours ago. And then just to come, like, then I saw him like kind of like fucking with people. And I saw he had like short shorts on. I was like, <laughs> I think this is cool. I'm not sure yet. Because <laughs> so cool. I'm fucking maniac. Too. Yeah, dude. So cool. Ah, I love that band. Not yeah. many people know this band. Yeah, they're cool. One of the reasons I like the shirt. It makes me seem cooler than I am. Well, well, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, so I wanted to read a quote by Tolstoy because you said you didn't read very much. And that surprised me because this book like follows in a pretty significant literary tradition like George Orwell and Hemingway and Hunter S. Thompson who like elevate dangerous situations to like an art form, hmm. which is similar to what you did. Actually, I'm not going to read the quote. Did, was that ever a part of like what you were doing? Like, did you feel that you were taking the danger and the recklessness to a level of like almost sublime feelings for yourself? Or it was just fucking... No consequences. I don't care. In the like in the moment, you mean? In the moment, yeah. And in retrospect, so it was very much focused. the The whole for me, and I, sh- I shouldn't say like this. I say this like it's like in the past, but it's still something that that comes up. For me, being in that moment that is terrifying or super stressful or um, dangerous, existing in the moment is what makes it. Uh, cathartic or reprieve from whatever's going on in my head. Mm-hmm. If I were to be, you know, it's, it's one thing to just throw yourself and take a big whipper and like kind of turn your brain off and just be like, oh, I just got to do it. Mm. It was another thing to be like, okay, like I'm going to focus. Th- I'm going to take a 25 foot fall here because of this. My last piece looks like that. And I'm going to do it knowingly. I'm not going to close my eyes and do this. I'm going to be present for it. And being present for it is what makes living that space so, uh, just so potent yeah it's like just direct right to the soul oh. um so whether or not um things are like supremely dangerous like you don't have to be um you know you don't have to be on-site soloing for that to happen like you can just be run out a little bit or you know driving over here to do a podcast with two bros you never met like, you're just, like <laughs> just terrifying exists in that zone yeah and um yeah that really gets me off for sure wow and so we should get to the point of what you're shutting off your brain from. So in the beginning of the book, you talk about that these adventures are a reprieve of a kind from like mental illness. Yeah. And specifically, it seems like depression or at least some sort of depression over from what I don't know. Yeah. But what were, do you feel like that was an impetus to like chase these wild adventures and the recklessness just to, find a different headspace 100 percent. like growing up in a you know a small town in the midwest um nothing against you know my people but our people buddy our people hell yeah bro (laughs) our people nothing against them but there's there's not a lot of education um for you know mental mental wellness and there's not a lot of communication about it 
And so growing up, I was of the impression that not only was it not okay to be such a little bitch, um, my, you know, 15 year old words, (laughs) not now. Um, not only was it, not only was it not okay, um, but it was, but it was my responsibility to handle it. And if I were to do something like therapy, um, that would be kind of admitting that I had a problem and that would be potentially make the problem worse. You know, like acknowledging this monster that's like under the bed, uh, is worse than just staying up with the covers pulled over your head, Mm -hmm. which obviously I now know is not true at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was kind of like where I was living. No one tells you. Yeah. No, no one tells, no one can quite explain how much therapy helps. Yeah. Like really true. Doesn't solve the problem, but fuck me. Does it help a lot? Yeah. And it, the way I explain it. So so I I work on an ambulance. Um, Mm -hmm. we haven't talked about that at all, but the way I explain to my patients is if I came here when you call 911 because you broke your leg, I would take you to the, the emergency room so they could fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause you can't just go on living with a broken leg. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I came here because you're feeling you know, depressed or suicidal or whatever it is. And it's the same thing. I can't leave you here because you can't live like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take you to a special hospital and they're going to do what they can for you. Mental, uh, wellness is just as important as physical wellness. And um, that's something that took me many, many years to find out or figure out. And in the meantime, I was using what I thought was a more efficient, personalized uh, way of addressing things. And that was kind of just throwing myself at the world and letting whatever happened, happen. Yeah. All, everything be damned. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, for sure. Did you ever like think about consequences of what you're doing? Like the consequences that could happen. So in um, Red Ballast, mm-hmm. your story, Red Ballast, you suffered a slight consequence. Yeah. But you could have suffered. When you, it, like this, what do they call it? A suicide ride? Yeah. When you're sitting in a train car without like a bottom to it, just like the trusses mm-hmm. on the bottom. I mean, you're fucking in the, do you have, as a young man, did you think about like, I could fall and get cleaved in half and fucking die on these tracks and throw away everything or was it were you ever thinking about consequences well that's the whole point like that that brings us back to living in that space yeah so making the decision to step down into that that you know that well where there's you know six inches of of metal bar that you're going to be sitting on for the next you know hours with just the the chai the ties just rolling underneath you yeah um the whole point of 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 doing that is to be fully aware of the danger. Ah. Um, so, so knowing that brings that hyper focus, knowing that I can't, you know, lean too far this way or that way, or I can't relax my muscles. Can't fucking doze off. Can't doze off. Yeah. I have to like be holding on to something in case we run an animal over or we come to oh. a quick stop or something. Who knows? Like that hyper focus state is, um, it's exhausting for one, but it also, there's no room to feel anything else other than focused. Mm-hmm. There's no room to feel like pissed off that, you know, your, your family isn't together or that your girlfriend's mad at you or that you got fired. There's no room for, for any of that. Cause the only thing that matters right now is not dying. And sometimes that can be a really great reprieve. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a reprieve it. 
So y- we don't recommend that reprieve <laughs> to, for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I should say the great doesn't exactly mean positive. It just means potent. I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. So okay. you, the the book kind of encompasses this era of kind of reckless adventure and train hopping and stuff, and then it kind of ends with you moving to Denver and giving up some of those that style of adventure, right? And is that kind of when you started diving into more serious climbing? Hmm. No, not at all. Actually, that's kind of when I started diving into just like being a piece of shit again, <laughs> like even more so. Like, um, how so? So at the time, um, uh, well, I mean, like you know, my now wife, like that was like when we like broke up. Like she left me. Like, okay. She moved out. She's like, fuck off, pretty much. Which can't blame her for the most part. Um, that was in Kansas City. That was here. That, that was, was like here. right after. Okay. Yeah, I kind of have like a, a trend of like, oh, move to a new city for this girl and then break up in a couple months. All right, <laughs> fall for this other girl, move to a new city with her, and then, okay, break up after a couple months. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, at <laughs> least you know what's in store, man. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> You're prepared. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, so after, the, after she left me, I was like, uh, just, I was all kinds of fucked up. Like I was drinking a bunch and doing drugs and like working tons of overtime. Um, and... Yeah, it wasn't really um, until I kind of just like fell in love with the park, actually, Rocky Mountain, Mm -hmm. that I started kind of refocusing and figuring out that I need to um, have something other than another person be one of my my main driving factors. And so that's when I started climbing the park a ton, a ton, a ton. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I mean, you guys have climbed in the park, so it's like, oh, you yeah. know, it's one of those just fucking exhausting things, like four and a half, six miles in, climb for, you know, who knows how long until you get thunderstormed off and then four mm-hmm. miles back out. Like, that's fucking great though. Again, you don't, yeah, you don't have room to feel anything else other than exhausted and it's, it's rad. Yeah. It's type two fun. For sure. Like the definition of type two fun. Yeah. I have another question about your adventures though. So like, do you, um, did writing this book help you like think about the reasons you were doing all of that shit? Did you, that give you a chance to reflect on like, wow, I was like, that's how I was dealing with my struggles. Cause I'm sure at the time, maybe you weren't thinking so much about like, this is my therapy. Maybe you were, I don't know. But did writing the book help you dig into those emotions you were having at the time that you'd never really reflected upon? I was aware that, that lifestyle um, made me feel feel good and feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't aware, however, how shitty it was for everyone else around me. You know, like Jazz, my mom, or roommates, or Jasmine you know, my boss. Is the wife and the, illustrator. Yeah, she, of the book, the crusher yeah. of the book for sure. Yeah, yeah she's job. the one that if uh, if you get the book and you're like, wow, these words suck you'll at least have something like really nice. To Nobody look at. is going to think that. And if you think that, <laughs> fuck you. Anyway, go on. <laughs> so, um, little PSA there. No, it was, it was actually, um, it, it was writing the book and like creating it was less therapeutic for me individually as it was for my wife and I. So um, it was, it's very much an acknowledgement of like, it's a dichotomy. Like over here, these are some of the, the most precious moments of my life, like the biggest, most formative adventures, things that I couldn't forget if I tried. Mm-hmm. And then over here, these are also the memories and the the things I did to like push the love of my life away. Yeah. And so it's kind of me coming to terms with, um, I somehow am very thankful that I got all these things, but I also 
deeply regret regret yeah. them because of how it affected us. Yeah. So it's kind of like a acknowledgement of of hey, I know I really fucked up and I know I still like talk about the train days all dreamy and stuff, but it's still it's definitely something that was um not good for us and that was my bad. Yeah. And that's really helped us move on together. And then having her come in to illustrate the book, I think was also very therapeutic for her cuz I mean there's there's a there's an illustration in the book of of um what my funeral would look like. Yeah. And she had to and she had to she had to draw it. And I think that like really really made it very apparent, yeah. you know, like man, got to fucking get my shit together here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's a powerful one. They all are though. The red ballast one is so powerful too. It's just yeah. like so stark. Yeah, it's it's you can definitely see the progression in the illustrations where things are like kind of like bright and yeah and kind of exciting and then they're just like, Oh man, well this is fucking dark and this is bloody and, ends up yeah. you on like a deck in the water at n- or like over the water at night and you're like, This is fucking depressing, man. What's this guy doing? Yeah. Stop fucking up, Dakota. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying really hard. Like every day I try really <laughs> no, hard. No, I mean not to that's what up. that's what you're left in the book. Yep. Um But it was funny, uh Let's, I'm going to read another. This is your Kickstarter quote. You address your journey in the book. You say, uh, it's one of a young man attempting to combat his mental health problems with a potent dose of recklessness and just how well it almost works. When I read that after reading the book, I was like, motherfucker, it worked. <laughs> like, it worked. You wrote a book. You guys got married. Like, things have worked out wonderfully for you. I think things are working out right now. Yeah. Right. Like time, I mean. like everything's mm-hmm. ephemeral for sure. Um, the, the potent dose of recklessness isn't what made things made work. It, work. it was the growing up, reassessing, being able to look back on what you've done and, you know, you know, categorize it and, and, um, package it up and, and, and rejoice and apologize for it. Yeah. And which has made it work. So that's kind of like the saying, uh, being lost is a prelude to finding one's way. You know what I mean? Totally. Because you can't you fucking you can't find your way if you're not lost first. Totally. That's all. That's just me trying to sound smart. <laughs> but I got one more question about the book. I have a million yeah. questions about the book. But um, what do you think took more courage? I think I know the answer to this. Is all of the fucking adventures and recklessness and wild times you had and just like everything be damned. I'm going to do what I want. Or was it the courage to call these stories out of your journal and be like, I'm going to share this with the world and take it to market? 100% the latter. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like absolutely brutal. Tell us about that process, man. I'm fascinated. Yeah. Um, I mean, I made a lot of like, there's a lot of illegal shit in there and there's a lot of embarrassing stuff in there and there's a lot of, a lot of vulnerability. A lot of vulnerability. I mean, the 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 worst one is is this is the story of in in um, of deep water sailing in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. with uh, my now brother in law. Yeah. That um, the idea that um, many pe- members of his family may take the time to read that. Yeah. Um, really makes me question how welcome I'm going to be uh, going to be in in the family afterwards yeah. because that's. I mean, uh, I, I didn't directly uh, put him in danger, but um, he went to almost drown if if I didn't say we should go here and do this and follow me, we'll we'll have a great time. Yeah. So uh, that's the the biggest fear right now. 
is seeing how that goes. I mean, hopefully they just buy it to look at her beautiful artwork and just call that good. Fat yeah. chance, uh, dude. Fat chance. chance. Yeah, yeah. they're going to read it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what was the impetus to do it, though? What, what, one day you were just like, I'm going to fucking write a book. Yeah, well, no, absolutely not. It was the, the impetus was I have been my entire life I have been creating and it's almost always been exclusively excuse me. It's almost always been exclusively with a deep-seated fear of failure and rejection and embarrassment. And I've kind of hid behind that mm-hmm. um by doing things like graffiti where like you don't really personally take responsibility for it. Mm. Uh, you have a pseudonym, um, or you know, writing a guidebook for North Dakota. Well, like if it sucks, like twelve <laughs> people are gonna check it out. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, <laughs> and uh, because these stories were like so such a big part of my life and, and who I've become, I felt like it was a great time to um, stand up and take some accountability and and decide if I if I can do this one hundred percent and throw everything I have at it and do it the right way and nobody buys it. Bummer, but, uh, I want to do it right. I want to give it, I don't want to just make like a bunch of Facebook posts or just give a couple essays out and see if anyone buys them. Because, because like I said earlier, I only have, you know, I only have so many stories like this and to put them all in one place and to Uh polish it and put it, give it a thing is, um, is, uh, the stories are important enough to me that I think that they they deserve to be. Um, I'm really rambling here. This is, no, this is a tough no you're not rambling at all. Question. Um, the stories are so important to me that I felt like it was a great time to push past that fear and just say, if this works out, it works out great. Um, but no matter what, I want it to be a very nice, concise thing. I think you made the right call. <laughs> yeah, we've both read the book. Yeah, and, we both really um, enjoyed it. So if you get easily embarrassed, you don't have to listen. But uh, for a guy that like professes to not read at all, you followed some of the best writing rules. Your writing is tidy and it's tight. And you don't use a bunch of fucking metaphor or adjectives or adverbs. Everything is what you mean to say, you say. And both Feedy and I closed that book. And I, so I read the PDF version that you sent to me. Mm-hmm. And when I got to the end, I was like, no. <laughs> no! No. F- you, this can't be over. And Feedy was the exact same way. Like, it's brilliant, man. And I, to me, if somebody said that about my writing, like, dude, I, I wish it would have gone on. That's like the height of compliments. It's like, oh, yeah. I wish you didn't see me I blushing. had more. I wish I had more. <laughs> And I did have a question kind of about that. Did you keep it that concise, like 104 pages on purpose? Or like you just said, did you just have like, I had seven stories, baby. (laughs) That's it. That's all you're getting. Yeah. It's it's, it's kind of um, embarrassing because anytime I talk to a writer or read about other writers or hear their stories, everyone's always saying like, man, yeah, I had to chop it down. It was like trillion fucking words and, and yeah. the publisher only wanted like 10 so i had to like cut everything down and i'm sitting here like fuck <laughs> like, oh, my book's pretty small <laughs> <laughs> so no i I, th- I think it's uh, a part of it is you know i have you know all writers have like a you know an infinite backlog of like little notes they've scribbled here in yeah. their mm-hmm. journal entries and i had to decide i want this book to be um, about 
something. It's not just a collection of short stories. I don't want to just sit here and jerk off and tell you how cool all these things I did were. I want it to be about this arc of my relationship with this woman and, um, and my relationship to my own mental health. Mm-hmm. And so I had to select the journal entries that were going to fit properly. And it just happened to be those seven. So, did nice. you, Was there a story that you were like, uh, maybe I could put this in? Were there any stories that you couldn't bear putting in that maybe a braver you would have put in? Or was these were the ones? Yeah, it, it's 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 very what you see is what it is. Like that's very much there. I mean, there's like right, you're plenty brave for putting those in. I'm just saying, was there something just fucking so dirty and grimy? You're like, I I can't do that. Not this one. Uh, <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. I'm not ready yet. Um, I mean, I'm, there's some dirty shit that that just didn't make it in because it's you know out of left field or not a part of the of mm-hmm. the of the story arc. But um, nothing so atrocious that comes to mind. Like um, I, I feel like getting so hammered that I'm pissing all over in a, in a, you know, a motel, <laughs> a, a motel room next to my best friend. And like, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, the meth truckers pretty goddamn disgusting and like awful and terrifying. Yeah. 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 But, but I, I mean, I wasn't the one smoking meth, so I don't have anything to be embarrassed about. It, no, I'm not saying you should be embarrassed about it. I'm saying that's like some dirty, grimy down low shit. Dude. Yeah. To and be I, trapped and, in and that I, cab. Well, and the thing is I wasn't trapped. Like we stopped at the rest stop. I could have, <laughs> yeah. I could have just stayed. I could have just not got back in the truck, but I oh, was like true. really psyched to go home. Did so I had to go back in the truck. Did you ever go to those websites? Uh, you know, I did. Oh I, my God. I definitely, I definitely did. So the, the, the his, 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 uh, homemade porn websites. And, yeah. Um, yes. I did go to them. I couldn't find them. I don't know if he was just, just being weird. If he was just like trying to like break the water, like, you know, kind of like, like break the ice to get into that, like that, to get the discussion into that realm or not. But I don't know. That story is, is fantastic because it's like, That's everybody so thinks like, Oh, you know, like weird shit probably won't happen if i hitchhike and then you literally had like a very solid weird shit hitchhiking story yeah <laughs> but i've also had lots of non-weird yeah. hitchhiking stories too they just like weren't interesting enough to talk about so yeah well that one's pretty interesting <laughs> oh my well, god that's like the nightmare story after that guy like uh propositioned you what, what, like and you flat out rejected him was the rest of the car ride pretty uh pretty tense it was, it was <laughs> fucked i i had been up for like 26 hours at that point so i was I didn't have enough energy to be tense. Um, but after, I mean, I basically threatened that I was going to kill this guy if he like didn't back off and yeah. like, relax. And cause I didn't know, I mean, like he's smoking meth. Like, I don't know if he's like super strong or you know, like overpower yes, me right? or what. Like it's very scary vibes. Like if we, if like, if he runs a truck off of the road is like, is he going to have like superpowers and survive and then rape me anyways? Like, I don't, I don't know. So, so, so I was just like, so I, I, I did what I had to do. And after I communicated what needed to be communicated, uh, we kind of sat in silence for a little bit, and he put on a, a CD that he claimed was his his son, son in Alabama, his That's homemade rap CD. Rip. But his son had died too at this. Point. But his son had had died of cancer. Who knows? Yesterday, <laughs> a year ago, if he ever existed, I don't know. But we listened to that for the next hour and a half until we got to Kansas City, and, and, like, right. and I was just like, I what I just have to just not fall asleep and I'll be okay. If I just <laughs> not fall asleep. I will not be dead or raped. I mean, the question uh, everybody wants to know is how did he spit some good rhymes or what? How was it? <laughs> yeah, were they fired? Dude, <laughs> dude, dude I, I, I was so tired and delirious. He might not have even been rap. It could have been country. And I was just hearing whatever I was hearing. Dude, you should have smoked some of that meth. Wake you up. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you never know what would have happened then. Nothing like a solid amphetamine kick to just really get that trip going, huh? So you hit the Kickstarter. By, yeah. So 
Yeah. By the time people listen to this, it'll be up like 10 days since you hit it, but you hit sure. your Kickstarter goal with three days left. Yeah. 8,000 yeah. bucks. How did that feel? It was crazy. Uh, so yesterday we, um, you know, I mean, anyone who has like done a Kickstarter before, like, have you guys done one before? No. Dude, it seems it's, stressful. It's, oh God, my, my blood pressure is finally still dropping. How was, like, how was that whole process? Is it, does it feel weird to do one? Like, do you feel like, oh God, I'm asking for money? I don't oh know. dude. I mean that Midwestern mentality, like yeah, you want to impose on anyone, ask exactly. for help, ask for money. Yeah. I mean, that's why I made a really, really strong point on the Kickstarter of saying like, I'm, this is not like, I'm not looking for donations. I'm not looking for like handouts. This is something that, that can happen. I just want to know like how many people actually want to fucking buy this book. I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, spend $10,000 on a couple thousand books and then have a bunch of boxes in my room for the next 10 years. Yeah. And yeah. then also be in debt. And also I want to give people an opportunity to get a little bit more, you mm-hmm. know, Jasmine has beautiful illustrations up on there and all that mm-hmm. other stuff. And, um, so that part helped with the, that, that, that Midwestern mentality a little bit, but yeah. So every single day, at least two or three times hitting that refresh button and be like, Oh fuck, Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Cause shit. you also don't get the money, right? If you, you don't, don't hit the get goal. Shit. Oh. Yeah. 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 I mean, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I had no idea about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, had we, had we made 99% of our goal and it didn't happen, it'd have been like nothing. Oh man! Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah, it's so, so huge. That's oh. Awesome. Yeah, it was crazy. What's the next step? <laughs> We're just getting started. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the next step is like, um, you know, getting all the Kickstarter rewards put together. You know, Jasmine has some like illustrations to do for folks and some screen prints to do for folks, um, and then, you know, shipping. I think it's like a couple hundred books at this point. Like getting all that ready to go, and then, then it's like it actually starts. Now I have to like you know get on the grind, the promo yes. grind, like show up to this random podunk bookstore and say, Hey, I'm fucking nobody. Will you buy, will you buy my book, book my book to sell in your shop? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you're in for that. Yeah. Yeah. So like this, it's a, there's a lot of weight off my shoulders right now, but I'm, I'm watching it collect and then mm-hmm. I'm just going to like throw it back on right away. You've gotten some good, um, good reviews. Yeah. You got some good backers. Matt Samet gave an interview oh, or a, so a review good. in climbing magazine. Brandon yeah. Leonard. Brendan Leonard, uh, Jeremy Collins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Jeez, those are some heavyweights oh, in your uh, corner. So thankful to have to have those people, those those like strong voices saying good words. Um, yeah. It's also terrifying too because now you have to like attempt to live up to them. You hey, already man. did. You did it. Yeah, you already did. There's well, no pressure, dude. You already lived up to it. Those words. Fucking Thundercling podcast is in your corner too. It was a good book. I really liked it. it. Was, yeah, it was a pretty good book. I liked it a lot. We don't interview douchebags here. It's not a big deal. That's true. We don't interview shitheads, and we're th- so we're thankful you aren't a shithead because we didn't know you were. Um, no, that's got to feel fucking great. Now it's time yeah. to go out there and do the slog that yeah. is not going to be as much fun. Yeah, no, you know? yeah, it's 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 cool though. I mean, the way I look at it is if I can double down on things like. You know, I'm going to be in Seattle um, for a work trip and visiting my brother anyway. So it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to be in Seattle. Let's see if we can get something going on there. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to be here. Let's see who we can contact here. Or I haven't been to Salt Lake City in a long time, and it's a great excuse to visit some people and do some climbing. Let's get something put together, and, and I'll spend the day, you know, doing the rounds or whatever. So I'm trying to look at the bright side. It also helps a ton that I'm not just selling myself. I'm selling Jasmine's yeah, illustrations. Yeah, team. Well, no, it's oh, – well, it's very much – a team, mm-hmm. but it helps that I'm not like I, selling my own work exclusively. Yeah. I'm not just jerking off. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm I'm saying like, hey, look at these beautiful illustrations. Yeah, they're really great. Like these are really great. 
buy it because of the illustrations at least that helps me you know kind of like trick my brain into thinking that yeah. self-promotion is okay and i shouldn't go to hell for it <laughs> was that a thought from the beginning that when you were like fuck i think i want to put these stories into a book i want to make these seven vignettes into a book mm -hmm. instantly were you like <clears throat> i can't do this without jasmine <laughs> <laughs> and i'm not going to like did you think about that right away or did that did yeah. she broach it like how did that happen so it, it's something that the day she broke up with me is when I wrote the last story, like the day. And when I finished that story, I was like, oh, this is what everything is becoming. This is, is why I have all these stories. This is the thing I've been waiting for to put them together and make something of it. Oh, wow. And when I did that, I was like, man, kind of short, not a lot of here. Like, I feel like I need to like add something to this. And I didn't want to, it felt so complete with what it was. I didn't want to force it to be like, I don't want to force making it bigger or longer or anything. And I thought, like, how can I, how can I make this be uh, more substantial, not just like as content goes, but also as like the meaning behind it goes. Mm -hmm. And that's when I kind of like was like, Jazz, I think I want to get my book illustrated. I didn't, I never asked her because that's asking kind of a lot yes. of someone, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, <laughs> I'm a writer, and my girlfriend's this is her art everywhere. <laughs> oh, these, I've been staring at these ones in the background. These ones are yeah, absolutely stellar, bro. So she's done the the art for like all of my magazine writing recently. And nice. so I know exactly what you're talking about. You're <laughs> yeah. like kind of look at her and you're like, you're really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're so smart and talented. <laughs> and then later you're kind of like, you want to <laughs> make my words five times better. <laughs> Dude, exactly, bro. That's like 100%. And, and when she offered, I was like, are you sure? Like, this is a big deal. I'm going to be super stressed and you're, I'm, we're going to be working together really hard on this. Are you sure? She's like, yeah, no, like this really means a lot to me. Like, let's do this. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know if she regrets it now, but I guarantee she regretted it at least a couple of times <laughs> in the last year because of the work. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, cause she, there's, I mean, there's, there's, um, X amount of illustrations in the book, but like there's probably, she probably drew twice as many images. It's just a matter of like what mm -hmm. worked, what didn't work. Yeah. And then, calling it out. And then, I mean, our office is, we have two desks in our, in our bedroom, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're very much oh, wow. like, trash people for sure right <laughs> we do too man yeah, bro. desk is in the bedroom <laughs> and so like we can't we can't do anything without like walking past each other while we're working yeah and she just like tries to like read over my shoulder and i just like die inside and then i'm like looking over her shoulder while she's drawing and uh, she's, she's like, like she's like can i fucking help you and i'm just like i'm sorry i can't help it I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah artists are way more blunt about it too like yeah. if you're looking over their shoulder they're like dude do i need to get you something <laughs> And if you look over a writer's shoulder, they're just like dying of shame and yeah. embarrassment. Ugh. They're like, oh, please. It's always hard to, sh it's hard to show your work and, you know, when you're like, well, no, it's not ready yet. <laughs> Even when it is ready. Yeah. That's why it yeah, must be, this is probably fucking terrifying for you because your shit is ready. Both of us and everybody who's read it so far thinks it's fantastic, but it's still got to be utterly mortifying to be like, oh my God, now I'm going to be judged. Yeah, uh, it hasn't come. It hasn't come back around actually. At first, when I was like, "This is what we're gonna do," I'm terrified. Fuck it, let's do it. It was scary, but there's been so much work in between then and here that I'm just exhausted. I'm just like, "Okay, what's next? I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to go talk to this. I have to go make sure this is right." Blah 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 blah. Yeah, I haven't had time to be scared. Oh, so good. now that like, I'll, like the book is getting printed, we have our proofs, and they're like they're like good, and these are like relaxing a little bit. I'm just like, oh, fuck, like, 
the words in this book are kind of scary, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's kind of, I'm kind of coming back to that right now. But if I found if I could just stay super busy, then it's not a problem. Yeah. Dude, oh I, I got to ask, as someone who is thoroughly engrossed in the narrative of your book, your romance with your now wife, how did you win her back? Oh, I great gotta fucking know. question. Yeah, I got to know, man. Um, you left that up yo, in the air, man. You got, got me on the spot. Well, <laughs> I think more, more, more interesting than how, how you know, I did that magic trick is... is Look is, at that diplomacy, by the way, right? You should be a fucking politician. Uh, uh, that's a right, great question, question, but more but... interesting than that. <laughs> <laughs> that was savvy, brother. All right. Well, uh, no, I, I don't... You know, I don't know. It's like a lot of... It's a lot of like what the theme of I've been saying over and over is reassessment of, of yourself and what yeah. you've done and what you're doing and what why. And so I've found that a lot of the problems that we've had in our relationship, um, the ones in the book and others, are not just our problems. They're also like our individual problems. Mm-hmm. And so I've done a lot of addressing, you know, why do I feel like I have to leave every, every couple of months and like just disappear yeah. for a while? And if I can get to the bottom of that, um, is that something that needs to happen or can I ad- address that in a different way? And um, I think having at least moderate success at that and showing that that I've learned a lot since mm-hmm. uh, was, was, a, was a key factor in, in uh, tricking her into coming back. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So one of my favorite uh, vignettes in your book was the free solo piece mm-hmm. you wrote. Um, kind of just your thoughts on like, why do we do it? Like, is it worth it? And it kind of ends on an ambiguous note of like, uh, you know, it's like, it, if it, it makes me feel this way and I got to just enjoy that. But so do you still do any free soloing? Is that something you're still? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's not something that's like, I'm not like, like, I don't have any like free solo projects or anything. <laughs> oh my God. There's no such thing as a fucking free solo project, man. I mean, I guess if you're doing it on a rope first, that's yeah. a free solo project. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's scary. It's not, it's, it's, it's not something that I, I go travel and do. And it's, it's rarely, it's, it's rarely ever been something that I'm like, awesome today. I'm going to go do this. Yeah. It's usually, um, if I'm on the road, I'm like, Oh, well, I don't have any partners today. Um, and there's like these moderates that are super classic. I just like, would like to go have like a good high volume cardio day and like yeah. get a bunch of pitch counts in. And, um, these days I do so much. I've, I've all my climbing is focused on developing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of fucking crazy to be doing, um, ground up, on-site free solo first ascents uh so i don't really do it that much yeah but more specifically because i have this other focus that's doesn't really connect with it very well yeah um sorry i'm gonna take it back one more time yeah. you said when you were talking when you kind of getting jasmine back i'm not gonna dig into that anymore but you said i, I need to assess like why was why am i always running away why why am i always feel the need like i mean technically wanderlust why do i have this wanderlust yeah so why? Why was it? Have you stuck a flag in that? Yeah, I mean, no. I uh, <laughs> no. That's I mean, true, true answer. I, I have, I have like, I have, you know, inklings here and there, and I have, you know, little clues. Yeah. Um, I, you know, growing up, I kind of mentioned earlier, like, with my folks being divorced multiple times and having multiple homes and bouncing around, um, I've never had a home where it was like, okay, you can. You can put your shoes here and you can put, lay your head here. And this is where you're going to be um, for as far as you can see forever for the next 10 years, the next 20 years, the next 80 years, whatever. I've never had that. It's always been, you know, as a kid, you don't know 
when you're five, you don't know that today's Friday and that after Friday is the weekend and that you're going to dad's now. And you don't know that Sunday is only two days later and then you're going back to mom's. You just wake up and you're like, I'm here existing. And then now I'm there existing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I've um, never truly kind of figured out how to be consistent and happy in one geographical place. Mm -hmm. And um, with Jasmine, I found that um, I've been forced to figure out how to do that because she's a normal, healthy person who's happy (laughs) staying in one place all the time. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with like traveling your whole life or anything, but that's what she she needs. And so um, I think it really comes from that. I don't know for sure. Uh, Me and my therapist aren't speaking terms right now because I'm so busy. I keep missing appointments and it's really expensive to do that. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like holding off for a while until I can get everything together. Yeah. Um, But but yeah, I don't know for sure. I would say if, if I were a therapist... I would, if you said that, I, I would wonder if it's the exterior geography you're running to or the interior geography you're like running away from, you know what I mean? Yeah. That you can't be comfortable in one place. If it, it, maybe it isn't the yearning or desire to go somewhere else, but it's something inside you like crackling and snapping like Rice Krispies, you know, yeah. <laughs> just like I fucking, yeah, I think I got something's tw- causing that. I got 20 bucks in another half hour. If you want to do, give me a for therapy session. Yeah. Here. I mean, I got some, some of these books got to be a fucking <laughs> <laughs> read. There's got to be a therapy book in there somewhere. <laughs> no, I, uh, I'm way too expensive for you. <laughs> ah, nice. There it is. 20 bucks. There it is. <laughs> You owe me twenty bucks for what we've done already. Well, I mean, there's, <sighs> not even, there's not even a couch here. I figured, you know. Well, that's yeah, right. this is just this is oh. the uh, lobby, mm. lobby, the podcast we'll room, it, the therapy yeah, room. Well. Got it. Nice. <laughs> Later, uh, it's fucking awesome. Well, um, do you have any more questions? Yeah, man. I mean, so, I have a million. Do you, do you plan on writing more? Yes. Oh God, I was gonna ask that. <laughs> yeah. Damn, he took it. No, that's a great question. That's because like, this is a great first step in into the writing world so yeah. i'm curious yeah um uh yeah i mean i'm o- like always writing right like mm-hmm. if, if that's what you do it's just something that happens if it's a paragraph or like a little jaunt on a fucking note like a sticky note while at work or something there's always something um and i do have a number of like essays and stuff that i have here or there that i i know are important but yeah. i don't know what to do with them so after not after but kind of during all of this yeah. work is going to be a lot of considering like am i going to be trying to do this you know full time or at all you know yeah. i i have a lot of important stories to tell it's just finding the right format and the right venue for mm-hmm. them um then i don't know if that's writing or if it's speaking or if it's you know writing them in a journal and then burning it and then never thinking about it <laughs> yeah yeah so i i don't have a i don't have a solid answer to that question at all cool but, so what are your do you have any big adventures planned in the future man dude that's such a good question that's like all i really want to talk about yeah oh <laughs> shit let's go please so i want to hear um i've been doing speaking events now to like kind of help promote the book and get the word out and reconnect yeah. with people oh you did feral the other day yeah 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 um feral's dude great store if you're in denver by the way yeah super super chill mm-hmm. um but i it 
again, that topic of reassessing, right? I was kind of putting together, you know, like looking back at the climbs I've been doing over the years. And in 2016, I did a, you know, air quotes here again, like big climb or big, uh, a first ascent called the Glissando link up, which okay. was a link up of all the I towers, um, inside the keyboard of the winds, Sick. which is in the park. Um, almost 4,000 feet of climbing total, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, <laughs> 2017 was a route called survive by up in Fort mm -hmm. Collins, which was, um, a 513 PG 13 mixed line. Cool. That, um, that took, thing looks sick. Dude, dude, it took everything. It took abs it took almost a whole year of my life to Holy like, shit. that was the only thing I cared about for that year. And 10 then, months, right? Yeah. Brutal. And then, like Ooh. the hike up there is like not short either. So it's just mm -hmm. like just a lot of a lot time, of work, man. a lot of time, a lot of work. Addiction. Yeah. Um, but I mean like, it's one of those things we've all had our projects. That's like, Whoa, that's so rad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in 2018, I climbed a route, um, called Apollyon. Uh, on the south face of Angel's Landing, that was like our our first um, sandstone ground up. You know, again, air quotes, big wall. I don't know if yeah. thirteen hundred feet of free climbing counts as big wall or anymore or not. I think so. Um, so, so every year I've had like this, like this highlight, this like major yes. thing that I was working toward and 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 finished and could put a bow on. And it's you know it's almost September now, and I don't yeah. really have that major thing on the horizon. Oh shit! So I've been looking back and thinking like, fuck, like I've I've done more first ascents this year than ever any ever year, and I don't have like a big new thing. Like, what am I gonna do? So I have a couple of things I'm thinking about yeah. in the desert, but um, I'm tentatively and I and I I hesitate to say this because. There's, if you heard the, the the idea that when you when you speak about your goals too much, yes. you, those endorphins come out. Yeah, and you're, and you're like, less, uh, less motivated. Yeah. yeah, you kind of get off on a little bit much. And I'm like, I'm talking to like these, you know, your hundreds and hundreds of thousands of listeners. Yes, a lot. <laughs> Almost a million. I mean, it's, that's plural. plural. Millions. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least huge, two commas. At least huge two commas. in Europe. Huge endorphin rush, mm -hmm. dude. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I went back and I was like, well, I've been doing a lot of single pitch and like two or three pitch stuff this year. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder what the, the, the mileage is, like literally the mileage. And it's um, roughly, I'm at 45% of a mile. And I think that if I'm hyper efficient this winter in the desert, yeah. I could maybe do a, a full mile of first ascents in a year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a fucking story right there. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I mean, it's not a story until the work is done. So right now it's just work. Cool. Yeah. Right. That's like the tentative plan. And if I don't make it by, um, if I don't make it by the new year, I might push it back and like say like, Oh, well the first, first I said I did of 2019, 2019 was like March. So I saw three more months or something. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking awesome, man. What is, what do you want your climbing, climbing career to look like in the future? Like what are your big objectives in the future? Uh, my big objective in the future is for someone to pay for my trips. Yes. Ah. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's what it all comes down to. Like, his bolts are fucking expensive. Gas is expensive. Emotional labor is expensive. Um, if if I can find you know the, the the right way to to relieve some of that, that's the goal. If it's big new first ascents in in the Canadian Rockies, which are like looking so rad lately, yeah. or if it's you know going to the Middle East and like developing boulders or whatever it is, <gasps> yes. um, I, I want to keep like keep all the arrows in my quiver sharp, um, but I can't. I can't keep them all sharp if yeah. I'm paying for everything. So <sighs> that's kind of the, the 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 way out in the distance goal. Man, you chose like a hard thing to really focus on. Like first ascents, like you said, it's like the the effort of finding something, the effort of prepping it, cleaning it, 
and it's most likely uncharted territory so traveling to it it's it's a lot of work <laughs> yeah. me and dave we like to carry these foam things on our back and go to mm. uh park our car and then i don't walk more than 200 feet. no dave he Never. refuses to there could be a boulder right at the limit but he won't touch it no i've been climbing 20 <laughs> years and i haven't even walked a mile yet you've done a mile of first descents. i fucking haven't even walked a mile yeah um <laughs> That's maybe a slight distortion. <laughs> um, do you have a plan for like how you want to possibly pursue some sort of sponsorship? Oof. Well, uh, not a concrete plan. Most of most of how I operate is like I have these dreams, and then um, I think about them a lot, and then I do all the things that I like to do that are related to them, and then things either fall into place or they don't. So like. I'm writing this book and I'm doing these events and I'm talking to you guys. And (laughs) the next time that I apply for a grant, I'm like, yeah, and I'll like talk about your brand on the next time I'm on the Thundercling. Yes. You know, like, you know, whatever, like inch by inch, like grain after grain, whatever it is, um, that's how I want to do it. And if nothing ever happens, it doesn't matter because now I have like all this rice and it's super Mm -hmm. good. So, man, I'm telling you a 513 plus climber, who writes a kick-ass book, who has the history that you have, and is doing a mile of first ascents a year, has a really good opportunity (laughs) to get grants. I got to put an asterisk on this. I don't know that I've ever climbed 513 plus. That's huge asterisk first. And the mile isn't done. I still have most of the way to go. Let me do the fucking (laughs) lying. Let me do my lying in privacy. I know you haven't climbed 13 plus. You've climbed 513 but you will climb 13 plus. Maybe. I I mean, maybe. I think so. Um, but that's a lot to bring to either a company or like a grant proposal. You fucking, they throw a lot of, lot of money around with grants, man. Yeah, I'm trying to catch some of it. We're going to see how it goes in this next year. Oh, really? Yeah. We've, we're, we've got a, a trip planned to the Canadian Rockies that we're shopping around for sponsors. <gasps> so we'll see how it goes. You have to tell us how to do that. What? <laughs> what do we have to bring to the fucking no, table? Shop around for mics. Smoke. You literally have mics to bring to the table. We yeah. do have mics. Yeah. <laughs> we just walk around <laughs> following Dakota. <laughs> yeah, we need to follow the strong climbers. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've been doing. It gets you stronger. So It does. I, if you climb with strong Yeah, anybody who wants to learn how to climb stronger, fucking find stronger yes, people to climb with. That's 100% and you will true. instantly be a stronger climber. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how climbers always climb to the skill level around them yeah you know what i mean well, it's, it's that the idea that like when when adamandra you know sends 515d or whatever the hardest one is now we all just jumped a letter or a number grade higher stronger yeah like yeah as, as an as a, as a world just yeah. because yeah. the limit is there so now like, like oh well i need to be like three degrees below <laughs> the best and the best just went up so i need to get a degree better now. yeah yeah it's, I, don't, I don't know how that happens but. adamandra just de- de- demonically pulling the human race ah! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pulling the weight of the climbing world attached to his harness. Come with me, you weak fuckers! Um, no, I saw a post the other day where this dude was like, "Oh, I climbed with Paul Robinson the other day. He claimed that he came to my gym, and I fucking sent all of my projects." Like he, he said something like, "That's the power of Stoke. That's what it is, man. If you climb with stronger people, holy crap!" 
Yeah. Are you the strongest climber in your uh, cadre? Absolutely not. Oh, nice. He's coming with like Michael Hauk and stuff. Yeah, dude, dude. Mike is so uh, Mike is pretty strong. Yeah, Mike's strong. Yeah, dude, that dude can just like crush Adams. Yeah. And his hands just. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. Do you do you have a mentor in your first ascension life? Uh, yeah, actually, I I did. I, yeah. I do. I did. I do. <laughs> um, well, it's 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 kind of funny because so um, Jeremy Collins uh, lives mm-hmm. in Kansas City. That's where I met him, and he kind of mentored me through all climbing, not just really? first ascents. Okay. Um, it was actually I was in his studio when he was working on the the Missouri guidebook called Mo Beta. Mm-hmm. Great book, by the way. Um, when he was working on it, I was like, oh, like, do you know who like like you. <laughs> You put it, you put the routes up, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, bro, how the fuck do you think the bolts get there?" And I was like, "I was like, oh, I never thought about it. I guess I like assume the government the or something." The government, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Fucking X Files shit, yeah, right, right there. And I was just like, "Oh, like so you can just it was, again." It was like that. It was that? Hey, do you want to go to the top of the building and see what it looks like from from the window? It was like, "Yeah, you can just fucking do it." Just instant horizons yeah. are broadened right there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so he like we. Um, Developed our first crag together um, called Raven Rocks in Missouri, which is like a Sweet. couple little sandstone towers, and and so yeah, so like I got to learn from him and like see how this worked and like why not we do this and not that and everything, and and then um, Apollyon that route on Angels Landing, yeah, yeah. Um, that was 2018. That happened to be the same winter that he was working on his route Moonshadow to the just to the climbers right of Moonlight Buttress, mm-hmm. and we didn't communicate with each other. We had no idea we were both working on it until like Whoa. it just kind of came up in conversation. And so, like the same winter, we both did um, a wall, a new a new route on a yeah. wall in Zion, and that was kind That's of amazing. like, um, to me, that was very much felt like my yeah. like my my uh, final test. Yeah, you know, yeah. like okay, like did I do it good enough? And like here you go, sick man. Wow. Yeah, he hasn't climbed it yet though, so maybe maybe I didn't pass. We'll find out. <laughs> did you? Uh... Did you kind of know his reputation when you met him in Kansas City? One hundred percent. Oh, you did know. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. It was like, like when I found that out, I was like, oh, okay. Well, he thinks he's fucking cool. Well, a lot of people, because <laughs> a lot of people are like, oh, he's a really good artist. But fucking, the reality is, he's a badass climber as well. Yeah, like an adventure climber. Yeah, and he's like, it's funny. Like in the climbing world, he's very much a celebrity. But in Kansas City, he's very, very much a celebrity. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And uh, so, like, I just like was like playing it cool. Everyone's like, oh, dude, like you like design and art, and you like you're a climber. You should meet Jeremy. Like he's really cool. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. And I meet him. And be like, hey, like you know, like I work at this gym, <laughs> so you have to listen to what I say and shit. So you don't pass your belay test, dude. Yeah, Fuck yeah, you. yeah, bullshit like that. You're not the boss in here. I, I, I think the very first thing I told him in real life was, it was like, bro, like I think you're using that like Gregory wrong. Oh, <laughs> which to be fair, he probably was. Yeah, he probably was. <laughs> it was upside down. Yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's all. And Jasmine was a like an apprentice, a studio yeah. assistant, or something. Yeah, for it's, him. It's, it's really incestuous. Like, like he's been my climbing. Client. Period. Yeah, is the most incestuous <laughs> sport of all. Yeah, everybody knows everybody. Yeah, so he's very much my climbing mentor, and um, also her like like professional like design uh, mentor. So she worked uh, a bunch on drawn. I mean, she has like a a full credit at the end. Oh, nice. Um, and. Uh, and she worked in his studio, and yeah, she she was very much under his wing. Um, I was on one side, and he and she was on the other, and we were all, we were all three of us are kind of just kind of <laughs> flying around Kansas City together. Fuck, man, good for you. Yeah, That's, so so lucky. I mean, good for so him lucky. too. You guys are fucking talented as hell as well. Yeah, I mean, in, in 2019, it's like people come to me and they say like, "How do you learn how to climb? Like, do you have do you get a mentor?" And I was like, 
Well, if you can, you can. yeah, like yeah. that's the way if you're to do really it. lucky. If you're really lucky and I count myself extremely lucky to have, you know, and it's not just him. Like there's all kinds of like these Missouri crushers, like Jesse Gross, especially, um, who like definitely took me under their wing. And in retrospect, it was more so like, Hey, these guys live in Missouri and they need climbing partners. And this yes. fucking yeah. young buck is willing to do whatever. So yes. like Come. we'll take him with. And I was like, right place, right time, right attitude. Hey, everyone needs something. Don't you, I mean, both you guys, don't you feel that the Midwestern, like, in mentorship in Colorado is not pretty non-existent. Yeah. There are too many fucking climbers there mm-hmm. and not enough people willing to mentor. And that's not a slam on people who've been climbing a long time. I've been climbing a long time. Um, but in the Midwest, dude, the mentorship ethic is so yeah. strong. Mm-hmm. Maybe... 40% because they want to be mentors and 60% because they need a fucking belayer. Yeah, dude. And they'll buy you a harness mm-hmm. and they'll like rent you shoes and teach you how to do everything. And they'll be like, okay, you've graduated. Belay me on my project. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, isn't that right though? Totally. Yeah. And it took me a while. Like I took me a while to realize that. I'm like, oh yeah, like this, these people think I'm really cool. Like I'm cool, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and really it was like, these people are like, I need to climb and this dude isn't, (laughs) this is the most annoying dude I could find and he can belay. So fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. I mean, I think it's pretty cool though, man. Yeah. It's it's like the lost art of mentoring is still alive in these pockets of America where people need fucking partners. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome. I think it's the best way to learn because it's like you, it just, it just pushes you so far. Like if you were just like, like, okay, go climb this thing. You know, everyone who isn't a climber when they're told to climb a thing is like they got Elvis leg when they're one foot off the ground. Mm. Yes. But if you have a mentor who's there, who's like, "Here, I'm going to show you how to do it," and then you're going to fucking do it, and you're not going to whine about it, and yeah. it's just like, "Oh, yeah, cool. you want to, you want to, you know, show up." Yeah, dude. And when the mentor is like, "Okay, we're gonna, I'm gonna teach you how to set up a top rope," and I, I remember this with people teaching me is like standing on the edge of the cliff. You're so fucking scared. Mm-hmm. Your first time. I mean, your first time. But they're there with you, just like walking around. And, you know, they'll hook you into a tree or whatever, some with a piece of tubular webbing that's 30 feet long. Like, don't worry, you're not going to die. It's just so important to know that, like, you're not going to die, man. Yeah. It's all good. This is going to be comfortable for you like it is for me in three months. Mm-hmm. Or maybe two weeks. Yeah. You know, depending on your proclivities. I just think it's incredible. Glad we talked about that. You know, Cheers I to think our mentors. What I think we, what we came to is that Midwest climbing is the shit and probably the, the coolest climbers gang. in the world and the best climbers ever and everybody else sucks. Hey. And Midwesterners are the yeah. best. <laughs> hey, wow. Don't you guys that think was so? Super. Yeah, that was Thanks. well put. Yeah. I thought that's exactly what we were saying. I think that should we be saying. the opening line and the yeah. closing line of the yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, cut it. I we'll just maybe we'll chop cut it everything else out and put that on a two-hour loop <laughs> for this yes. podcast. Nice. Uh, thanks, Dakota. Uh, but <laughs> I've got something really fucking have, important to say. We have more important shit to talk about. Um, well, dude, uh, I'm going to blow smoke up your ass. I, I, I think the work that you did is really tremendous and shocking to me that it's not only your first piece of like writing for a, in a book form, that is truly shocking. And also that you don't read. That doesn't even fucking make, like much. That doesn't make any sense hey, at all. He reads a lot of sci-fi, all right, Joe? <laughs> all right, sci-fi, yeah, sci-fi counts. Um, just tremendous work. You're fucking, the way you wrote your book, you like follow all of the important rules and you're fucking, it's sparse and tight. Um, I can't recommend it highly enough. 
So when can people buy it? Yes. Oh, so that's a great question. Uh, first of all, thanks for all the super kind words. Um, it does mean a lot. Like, even though I met you through two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could be a total charlatan. Yeah. So don't trust me yet. But I, I mean every word of it for sure. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to come out in like 10 days, you said? Or next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, October. So we're going to be having a, uh, I think we're gonna have like a release party in, uh, at Farrell in Denver here oh, uh, in sweet. October. I, uh, 17th, 22nd, one of those numbers in the middle somewhere. Okay. And that'll be the official like launch of when it'll be available. So, so people can buy it there. And then where can people buy it once it goes live? Like once it's to market? Yeah. So um, pretty much Amazon is going to be the, the place to go. Uh, I looked it up today. I was like, man, if I could sell on my website, that might be kind of cheap. But then I found out that it's not that cheap. To oh, really? E-commerce, at least for my whatever where my website is through. The e-commerce is pretty expensive. So for the future, it's going to be the print copy you can get on Amazon as well as the Kindle. And then um, you a, did an audio book, an too. audio audio book. Yeah, fucking awesome. Yeah, and, what and a just decision. That I just, was, I just got to cut, cut cut it right here. For everyone listening, it's not my voice, so you'll definitely be able to handle it. It's not the shrill, crackly thing that you're hearing right now. <laughs> right. I I, uh, I got uh, some professional to do it, and it sounds wow. really great. Yeah. Wow, that was a hell of a decision. Nobody does that. Well, and it, it, the, the reason is, is like I said earlier, I don't read that much. And I, uh, I it felt disingenuous. Like, my favorite medium is audio. Yeah. Like, wow. for sure. Like, that's I don't consume, consume a lot of media because I, I don't have enough time or room up in the brain for for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But when I do, it's it's podcasts. Like I'm sitting there, you know, hand drilling on granite for fucking hours. Yep. Yep. Podcasts Incredible. are going through yeah. or yeah. audiobook or something. Yeah, so too. I wanted to be true to that. And I think that is a very, I think it's the part of the future, if not already right now, of, of, of media. And I really wanted to have that available. Plus, like no one's reading a book while they're out road tripping. They're fucking listening to music or listening to the podcast. Yeah. So it's a perfect thing to read while you're road tripping. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Um, and then any bookshops in Denver, do you think? I'm working on it. Like I said, the Kickstarter just, we just made yeah. it yesterday. Fresh yeah. off the press. Now I'm, now I'm moving to that. I got I got the books in the hand. I got the review copies. Now I'm going to go start shopping around. So, uh, I'm, I'm confident I could get at least one. Well, one it, shop it'll in get Denver in wilderness Metro. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Wilderness exchange. Will buy yes. It. Oh yeah. You're really p- putting them on the spot here today. Huh guys? Jason and Don. <laughs> fucking do it <laughs> i hold no power over these people <laughs> at all but i i mean I, i'd imagine they'd buy it tattered cover would also be super super sick yeah you I could just... also do the brendan leonard thing where you just like sneak it into the bookshelf like extra yes. copies at barnes and noble and yeah. shit he did that they yeah. like run the skew they're that's, like we have no idea what this is that's how i found him i was like well that's one of like that 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 the whole making the skew Maybe you putting your book into something else. That is street art. That's street art inside of a bookstore. Yeah, like that, like that is very much like I'm doing this thing no matter what. Um, you're gonna have to look at it no matter what. Um, how long you look at it for is up to you. Yeah. Or if someone likes it, they can take a picture and have it forever, or they can buy the book and have it forever. Like this is just gonna happen no matter what, and that's fucking punk. That's I punk. love it. It is so punk, man. Yeah. All right. Well. Um... That's See, fantastic. Best, best of luck. Thanks, man. guys. Yeah. I'm fucking so psyched for you. Super super appreciate it. This has been a, a pleasure. I love the atmosphere. Love the the doggo running around. And, uh, <laughs> and whining in the other room. Fucking every show, dude. Yeah. It's and howling, it's, barking, or whining. And, and the tile cutting is very fun, too. Yeah. Tile cutting is pretty sweet. We like our ambient noises. Yeah, well, it's, it's very real. I mean, this, this is Denver. This is the heart of Denver. This is the yeah. heart of Denver. Yeah. Actually, gritty, gritty Denver. Yeah. <laughs> All the rich people. Thanks, brother. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. 
We didn't just go straight into the outro from recording the intro. This no, is we a didn't. You have timeline. a test to take. I have a test to take. You have a fucking test. We got to get out of here. Yeah. But uh, Dakota, holy moly. Thank you so much. Um, I, it really behooves you guys, you guys, if you like listening to or reading, climbing, yeah. or listening. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Listening or reading climbing literature. Check out everything I loved more. Going to come out in October. We're so psyched. Um, yeah. He's got our full endorsement. It's a hell of a book. And uh, yeah, everybody, please, if you ever want to reach out, please do. I think it's really fun to interact with everybody. Yeah, get a and hold of us. Don't be afraid. I might be, we might be on painkillers. And we might be on painkillers and need someone to chat with. And yeah. also, we got Sauce Nights coming around the corner, and we've been talking about some ideas. So if you guys have topics we you want us to hear us talk about, sauced up, Yeah. when it's cool cool to be sauced. Yeah, maybe I'll take a couple painkillers yeah. that night. Dave's going to go deep. He's going to go big. Um, please message us at the thunderkling podcast at gmail.com that is correct and i liked your question inflection that you had there well every time i say that i'm like i think i said it wrong because thunderkling podcast at gmail.com and then thunderkling podcast at gmail.com thunderkling podcast at gmail.com and then thunder the thundercling on instagram Instagram. because kevin boyko yeah somebody already has our shit whatever but uh thanks for listening and if you have the time if you would like to rate and review us on iTunes, it really, really, really goes a long way to help out the mm-hmm. uh, the, the program. Oh, my God. You know what we forgot to do, Dave? What? Last episode was the 21st episode, and we never even talked about the fact that we were old enough to drink. Fuck, yeah. But look at where we've gone now. I, I, I'm on painkillers and drinking. Damn. Damn, You're... can you imagine when we're like 25? We're going to be on like fucking heroin and like dark. shooting PCP. Wow it's, be, wow, it's a really dark future. I don't know if I want to be part of this anymore. What are you talking about? Dave, I just I want I came on here because I like talking to this green mic and having a good time, but it, it will be sound, fun. No, it doesn't I sound, just need somebody with me. I don't want to do it alone. Okay. I want to explore. Well, I I'm more of a like casual smoker and hanging around her guy. I don't know if I want angel dust in my blood. Let's just uh let's take it up to if, I don't know if I want that crystal in my blood, you know. Crystal meth? Actually, I mean, Fuck you're the on crystal cr- meth all the time, dude. And with that Thank you yeah. for listening to another... We're going to talk about this more off-air. Yeah. Off-air, we're going to discuss the future. The we're going to get fucking it's drugged look, up and insane. It's we're fucking gonna, grim. We're going to burn this podcast to the ground, dude, in like a rock and roll 27-year-old. Yeah. I like that. That'd be kind of cool. It'd be like an urban legend. It's like, remember the Thunderkling? Like, what happened? Like, I think they burned their house They're down. They're fucking dead, bro. Yeah, Dave, He's he was on the pain meds from his toothache, and he lost his mind and just murdered... Feedy with a Mountain Dew bottle. The only thing survi- that survived from the house fire recording? was the ESPN issue <laughs> of Alex Honnold. Fucking crazy. As much as you want. Okay. Use our brains Let's imagine climbing as a train Toot 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 And Alp in his boots This motherfucking train is insane Now in the engine sits one engineer 
But in this case we have two Andrew Cole will fight to the death To locomote me and you Karate Chop Tommy goes to the ground Sweeps Adam's sleigh, his technique is sound Roll, they roll, climbing combat on a train Adam screams, I'll fucking clip your brain! Men who should appear in a wingsuit so sheer Steph Davis glides through window pane I'm taking control, she says, I'll slap your fucking balls And she knocks them out in the face This climbing train is lit in the Olympics Adam Honnold naked in the sun This climbing train is shit I don't know, is it? Let's focus on Alex Honnold's buns Oiled and sculpted My libido has erupted This timing train it pulls on and on And on and on In that sleeping car Right behind the engine Chris Sharma tokes on a blunt Carl Drago and Jared Leto practiced in the pizza grunt. In the car behind that, then he'll try to take a nap. But John Long just won't shut up. He's narrating the movement, suggesting improvements, and gently petting Cedar Wright's pup. Now caged in a box car directly behind that. Dave Graham is casting crystal spells <laughs> He conjures Daniel Wood's neck eye Up in the dark sty Shooting laser beams into the hills Next car back Pamela Shanty pack Upside down and jamming from the roof She sticks a big bro in And she scrapes up her skin She disappears with a poop Fucking Dave Graham's coming train is lit in the Olympics, Alex Honnold naked in the sun. This climbing train is shit. I don't know, is it? Let's focus on Alex Honnold's butt. Soiled and sculpted, my libido has erupted. This climbing train, it rolls on and on and on and on. Speed on and on, sport climbers in one. Trad dads are holding up their guns. If the spandex dorks break down the doors, trad dads gonna shoot them in the buns. Oh my god, there's a party in the boulders, car smoke wafting to the stars. Beanies on but lagging shirts. The appetizer is spray, main course of beta puree, and a big gold throw down for dessert. Now in that old caboose, Feedy and I get loose, bumble fucking to and fro. Feedy tells me how his projects all hey went down, and I hate him with the strength of a thousand Whoa. songs. Hey. Hey. So there you have it, my friends, a climbing train in with a rumble and a fart, it rolls on. Gaining popularity, hearts full of gaiety, but the iconoclasts, they're all gone. The climbing train is lit in the Olympics.
shit I don't know is it focus on Alex Honnold's plans Oiled and sculpted my libido has erupted This climbing train it rolls on and on Creamy and seductive His ass is so instructive Teaches me how to climb hard When my dong's hanging out and flopping uh, around Jesus, Dave, what the fuck am I... I told you no more dong talk No more I fucking... I'm sorry, I'm on drugs <laughs>